Hello, my AvGeek friends. Well, it's been just shy of a week since the Wings Over Pittsburgh air show ended, and wow, we had such a fantastic time there. Uh, for those of you listening who were able to make it, um, I think you'll agree with me on that. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to join us in Pittsburgh, I hope that you were able to enjoy, you know, snippets of little videos that we took and some live streaming and uh, lots of photos and tweets and everything else. So, um, you know, I th we're still recovering from the uh, great experience. And because of that, uh, we decided, uh, Captain Nick and Dr. Steph and I decided that instead of doing another show this week, because we are just plum worn out from that uh, big adventure last week, that we would instead uh, publish the uh, recording of the Wings Over Pittsburgh APG 2017 Extravaganza Live, which we did uh, using, um, we recorded it on YouTube. There's a YouTube video of it. Uh, please look in the show notes for a link to that, as well as links to uh, a bunch of great photography by Captain Nick and possibly others. But at this time, it's Captain Nick's photo gallery of uh, his awesome pictures at the Wings Over Pittsburgh. So regular show next week, but uh, this week we're taking a break and instead we're giving you the uh, the audio of that uh, great time that we had last Saturday night. Again, the Wings Over Pittsburgh APG 2017 Extravaganza Live. Enjoy. WAPG Airline Pilot Guy. APG from Pittsburgh in three Two, one. Okay, welcome everyone then to the Wings Over Pittsburgh APG 2017 Extravaganza Live. <laughs> so that's it, we're kicking things off then. So we're going to introduce everyone who's here on the panel. Well, you all should know who's here really, but we're going to start right at the bottom end there. He's uh, the man who oh, everyone knows. <laughs> I meant, but I didn't mean bottom. Out, you know, anyway, <laughs> he's been on more podcasts than uh, than I've got fingers and toes. And it's our main man, Micah. Hello, Captain Al. So next, uh, uh, next to uh, Micah is uh, someone some of you may know. He's uh, notorious in the UK. Uh, he's the uh, king of Royal Jet, and uh, he's a great lover of everything Boeing. It's Captain Al. That's payback for what you took pictures of earlier on my camera. <laughs> so, Oh. Anyone wants to know? To ask me later. <laughs> and next, uh, next to uh, Captain Al is uh, the uh, one of the uh, fantastic hosts of the Airplane Geeks podcast, and it's Pasadena Brian. Oh, I thought yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're skipping Brian. And just for um, Captain Al and uh, Captain Nick. So next to Brian is uh, the the head, the chief, the head honcho of the Airplane Geeks podcast. The ringmaster. The ringmaster, yeah. And so give a warm welcome to Max Flight. Thank you. Yay, Max Thank you. So next to Max, this man really doesn't need any introduction. Anything historical with military grayness, he is the man to find. So give a big hand to David Vanderhoff. Yay. Hi, everyone. 
So next in the list, wearing his marvellous red cap that matches his red cheeks. <laughs> it's the, the, the captain you all love. It's Captain Nick. Yeah, I'm really lovely to be here. And keeping check on Captain Nick up next. It's uh, someone who loves to jump out of aircraft, fly aircraft, and if you give her some band-aids, she'll fix an aircraft. It's Dr. Steph. Hi, everyone. I don't know about fixing the aircraft. I, I don't think you want me doing that. Is it on? Yeah. Okay, so uh, next, well, this, well, this next chap needs no introduction really at all because it's the reason why everyone starts a podcast. <laughs> No. Including me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the, uh, well, it's the fantastic Captain Jeff. Thank you very much. Thank you. No, I think Mac, Max is over there. He's the one that, uh, he's the godfather, the uh, grandfather of <laughs> podcasting. I mean, oh, you started wow. when? T 2000? 2008. 2008, wow. yeah. I didn't start oh, until great, 2009. Great grandfather. Great grandfather. <laughs> thanks, okay. thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> So next in the lineup, uh, he's uh, he's well, he's he's a tech genius. He's the man with the cables, and he's very able. It's Neville Bounds. Hello. <laughs> and next to Neville is my co-host on Plain Talking UK. It is the one who landed a seven three seven eight hundred at Heathrow in a simulator perfectly a few weeks ago. It's Matt Smith. Hello. I'm not very good at selfies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Carlos. There we go. That's me. Yay! The host of the incredibly crazy uh, Plain Talking UK podcast. So we're going to hand it over to Jeff to uh, kick off proceedings. Then I guess I need to push some buttons. Airline pilot guy, something or other extravaganza. What was it again? Wings over Pittsburgh. Wings over Pittsburgh. 2017. 2017 extravaganza and all that. Live. Live. Hello, I'm Captain Jeff, your host. Broadcasting live from the courtyard by Marriott in Coriopolis, Pennsylvania at Wings Over Pittsburgh. And a big round of applause for our awesome live audience, please. Yes. In this episode, we're going to talk about the air show. We're going to talk about uh, how uh, everybody that's here up front on the panel and impressions of the show and what they were excited about and more. We have some... Uh, feedback from folks that couldn't make it with us today. We're going to play that, and we're going to also have another Plane Tales, Flight 427, a crash in Pittsburgh. What a downer. <laughs> that and more. So get all settled in, tray tables and seat backs in their upright and locked positions, electronic devices powered on. Flight 271 is ready for pushback. Nice try. They changed my... <laughs> My, my script again. And, and tell uh, everybody here to keep their power devices off for our bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. And uh, it's so nice to see all of these red faces. In the, yeah, that's because uh, the weather actually turned out pretty uh, to be pretty nice today. They were expecting kind of 
cruddy, overcast, and misty weather, and it, the sun broke out, and uh, we have a lot of sunburned faces to show for it. And uh, so it's so nice that uh, so many people were able to make it here uh, live in the audience. And uh, for those of you that couldn't make it, we really miss you. We really wish that you could have made it with us. And we're going to hopefully have some of those joining us on the show today via Skype. And I think we should all kick off this whole thing first by doing something that was started in Farnborough in July of last year, our big extravaganza. And that uh, has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with aviation. And that's nugget eating contest. (laughs) And uh, the, the Dr. Steph and the Captain Al are going to have a rematch and I believe, uh, Dr. Steph, you won by a few... I won by a nugget. By one last nugget. Last one nugget was pretty was close. 27 to 28. If I... And I'm pretty convinced that your nuggets were smaller than mine. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but her nuggets are much nicer. Who purchased the nuggets last year, Al? Yeah, but they, they said some Americans came in and they, there was some undercounter There was some tactics. tampering? Is that what you're Yeah, yeah, there's definitely some nugget okay. tampering. Okay. The only difference is this year, the guys had 10 minutes last year at Farnborough. They're going to have five minutes this year. And then whatever, we'll, we'll just continue eating after this, too. So we'll be fine. I'm five famished. Minutes. I am, too. Let's pull a chair up on either side of the table. Okay. So, so if you want to listen, prepare yourselves, guys. If you're listening to the audio podcast, you're going to have to watch the video. So while, so while they prepare the, uh, the chicken nugget eating contest, you guys may be wondering why there's pens and paper around the room. You should find, if on the desks here, there's some pens and paper. Uh, We're going to have a competition uh, on tonight's show. And uh, the prize is uh, a two-CD set of all, or some of the stories, some of the great stories that Mike has uh, done for our show, The Geeks, APG, um, uh, Plane Safety Podcast. Don't don't say any more. And a lot more. (laughs) So the, uh, they're going to have questions anyway. You're going to have some question or question to answer uh, to, to win the CDs, and I shall mark or, ha- or collect the, the pieces of paper in towards the end of the show. So the, uh, if you're all listening, uh, the, uh, the question is, there's six podcasts uh, that Micah has had his segments played on, six. Uh, I've already given you three of those, if you've forgotten. Oh, well. But there's six podcasts that Mike has had his uh, segments played on. Can you name all six <laughs> podcasts that Mike's segments have been played on? <laughs> so the pens and papers are here. If you want to grab, there are more than one sheet here. If you want to grab a pen and, yeah, hand them back to me when you're ready. With your, with your name on. Oh, and don't forget to put your name on as well, yeah. And Carl, just because you come from Norwich, I'm not going to let you win, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to start the time. Mike has got the timer. Um, Just doing some independent adjudicating. Contestants, are you ready to begin? Okay. We will begin after a countdown from three, just like we begin. It will be the countdown will go three. So if you ever want to count down, the ready, countdown ready? will go three, two, one, and on one you may start. So the chicken McNuggets eating contest live from Wings Over Pittsburgh will begin in, in three, three, two, one, go. 
Okay, so I'd just like to point out as well that Al has today starved himself. Uh, Al has only had three uh, four-course meals today, um, along with ice cream and various other bits and pieces today. Steph, on the other hand, has been very good. She's only had a bowl of ice cream today, so, um, yeah. And I'm very disappointed to say that Al did not share his ice cream with me this year. <laughs> right, do you want to... Carry on the show then, Jeff. Okay, Carlos, where the just on a, uh, a technical size. note, uh, Carlos. The nuggets are equal sizes, yeah. I just hope those nuggets don't get anywhere near that very expensive video projector that's right next to the Yeah, cards. don't, don't uh, <laughs> spill don't spill the nugget uh, bits on the projector. <laughs> I want to know is does the sauces actually help? And what was the choice of the sauce? Well, you can't ask them well, we are down one minute, we are at four minutes. Four minutes remaining. Oh, I'll come and grab. I'll come and grab it off here. So, if anyone else has got a, a completed competition form, just give me a wave. So, again, that was six podcasts in total that uh, Mike has been uh, been on. Committed podcast. Committed podcast. Yeah. Well, not not a good term. <laughs> it's Mike and not me. Yeah, well, I'll, he he stole it from me, so I did. I'll, I'll take I'll take evil credit for that one. Okay, it's all on you. How are we doing for time, Mike? We are at three minutes and fourteen seconds. Okay, oh, I can't help noticing that Al's finished his first box. Steph, <laughs> three oh, minutes. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> It's a good job, Al. Got an XXL T-shirt. I will give you a count at every 30 seconds up until the last 30 when we will start counting down. This is frightening, folks. They're, they're, they're going down in less than a bite and a half. I don't think I see Al chewing. We are halfway over. We are at 2 minutes and 30 seconds with 2 minutes and 30 seconds remaining. <laughs> Could someone from the back please bring up another angry orchard hard cider? Because I believe that Al is going to need one by the time he's done with this. We are coming up on 2 minutes. Two minutes, let's see how the guys are doing. Oh dear Steph, you may well lose your crown. Stop chewing. <laughs> I definitely think Al's taking this more seriously this year. Al, has, he's definitely taking this very seriously. So, so is this like the America's Cup? Whoever wins is, is the next host country for the, the McNugget Challenge? Probably so. I have a feeling the only thing that's going to stop Al is his heart attack. <laughs> One minute and 30 seconds. There are 90 seconds remaining. Can we get those paddles ready, somebody, please? He is sitting right across from a doctor. I think it's fairly safe. That's true, but we need a volunteer for uh, um, CPR. But being that he's in competition with the doctor, do we have, he needs do to do we have any paramedics who have to wait? <laughs> We are down to one minute. One there minute. are 60 one minute seconds remaining. left. One minute cool. One minute cool. You know, I'd pay money to see Rob Mark do this. 
We all would. I think we all would. <laughs> now you see, oh, Matt. Oh, oh, aggressive oh, behavior. Oh, oh, last five. Oh, 45 last seconds. 45 seconds. You missed all this fun last year, Max. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe what attitude do, Captain Al threw in that box down with. <laughs> Throw 30 seconds. We are down to 30 seconds. You know there are, there, there's fines for littering in this country, Al. Huh? <laughs> 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, oh. 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, Five, four, three, two, one. Nuggets down. Nuggets down. Mouth closed. Wait a minute, you're not done chewing. Okay. Um, uh, just trying to think, do I count the half-eaten ones? Um, so Al has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven left. Steph, you're on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh. Captain Al Davis, congratulations to the winner and new champion, Captain Al. Now let's go do a power on stall. He's got four in his mouth right now. But folks, Steph is still eating them. <laughs> She's still hungry. <laughs> she, she quite she likes them. Chicken wings. Awesome. Well, they survived, All right. Jeff. They did survive. Congratulations, Captain Al. Nice job. Nice job. Um, oh, victory is so sweet. <laughs> and sour. That, that's the dip. That's the dip. Wow, that didn't take long. She just folks. threw it down. <laughs> we have some nuggets, so um, the choice of sauce is limited. Anyone on the top table for a nugget? Yeah, sure. Send them over. Yeah. Sweet and sour, all right, Dave. Perfect. Michael Williams in the chat room has just said, this is fascinating. All of my favorite aviation podcasters together in one spot. Never had the chance to actually see what these all look like. Thank you, whoever put it together, and we're sorry if we're making you sick. <laughs> <laughs> so how's our contest going? Are we, uh... Yes, yes, it's all right. So we've got one entry in so far. Just one? Only one. Come on, let's get some more entries here. Might have to do this verbally. Come on, six, six podcasts. Six, six podcasts. podcasts. Well, why don't we see? Why don't we see what we have? Maybe they have five. Or five. Huh? Yes, please. Yep. What's this we have going on? These taste terrible. Oh, yes. oh, we bought them several hours ago. Are you looking for cars? They're not exactly fresh. How long so has did the chicken been dead? Huh? Did everyone uh, get a pad and paper who, want, who wants did anybody to uh, enter the competition? Yeah, is everybody entered that wants to enter? Oh, oh there's one there. Oh, well, yeah, we bought okay. hours ago. I don't know. It was... The, the guest book. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I started... And, and if I you're watching this uh, online, this is not our normal podcast. Steph, we did say we'd put out a shout-out to the McDonald's that uh, oh, supplied we, them. Oh, we did. Um, gosh, I, I don't have the receipt, but... 
Thank you to the McDonald's. Here that's not at the airport. Yeah, it's not at the airport. I'm not sure if it's still in Coriopolis or Moon Township or wherever, but I think they're on University Boulevard or something. Anyone else? Let's Google it. Excellent McDonald's. Excellent customer service. And those okay, there's another entry. And very quick, yes. Okay. Any more entries or are we still filling in? Dave Abbey has one in the chat room. I'm not going to comment on it if you want to look at the chat. Oh, okay. Okay. Dead air. This is not a good thing in radio. <laughs> but good thing this is not radio. Dave Abbey says Fred would have won. <laughs> I'm thinking with okay, a here's another entry over here. We've stunned them Carl silence. has an entry. An American bean booty. You said Carl? <laughs> no, he, never happened his name is Carl. <laughs> I'll let my country Oh, is that down. yours, Carl? All right, you've won. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> no, I said no bias, no. Right. That's three entries oh, in. Oh, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll get them in. Oh, yeah. we're going to keep on doing yeah, this throughout we'll the thing. We'll carry on, yeah. Okay. Well, shoot, I just got a text. Um... It says uh, it says Miami Hick is has just arrived at the airport and he needs somebody to pick him up. <laughs> oh, okay, thank you, Brent. Appreciate it. All right. Um, so anybody, uh, what do we want to do here? You want to? Um, why don't we play some feedback that we received from? Uh, the APG community regarding this special show that we're doing, the special meetup uh, from a couple of folks who weren't able to join us. So let's start off with David Abbey, uh, who has just texted us in the uh, chat room trying to win the contest. We're not sure how you did, David, yet, but we'll find out soon. But in the meantime, we're going to play your greeting. Good evening, airline pilot guy. Plane Talking UK and the Airplane Geeks podcast. This is David Abbey calling from New York. Just wishing you all a wonderful, wonderful meetup at the Wings Over Pittsburgh this weekend. And a special thank you to Captain Richard Bell for coordinating the event. And it's so wonderful that so many of you have traveled so far to meet up with your aviation geek friends. Uh, what a great community we have, and wish I could be there, but I'll probably catch you all another time and see you on the internet. And be safe. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Thank you, David, and especially thank you for thanking uh, the man that's really responsible for this air show, or a big part of it anyway, and that is uh, Captain Rick Bell. He's not here yet with us, is he? No? He is on his way. Okay, great. Well, uh <laughs> Oh, yeah, we heard about it. Yeah, pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, Rich, uh, Captain Richard Bell, uh, man, uh, we're, we're going to thank him when he gets here. But, uh, David, uh, we'll, we'll make sure that we uh, forward your thanks to him. And thank you for taking the time to send us some feedback. And we also have some feedback from uh, the Southern Hemisphere, Matt Buntingfram. G'day, guys. Matt coming to you from Melbourne, Victoria. Wishing you all the very best at Wings Over Pittsburgh. What an awesome occasion for everyone to get together. Thank you, Captain Rick Bell, for your efforts in making this happen. I know it's been a long time coming, and a lot of you guys have been waiting for a while to get there. It's finally here, and I know you guys are all together and probably sharing a few amber ales between you, and if you haven't, you should have one in your hands. 
Uh, wish we could be there, but obviously the tyranny of distance prohibits. Looking forward to catching up with some of you later this year. But on here. Whoa! Wow! It's Miami Hick. Whoa! Oh, oh, well, I'll hand this over to Miami Hick. <laughs> hey, this is Miami Hick live. <laughs> I just flew in from a. Uh, just flew in from Atlanta and. Boy, my arm's tired. <laughs> That's because I flew United and they kept dragging me off the plane. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I flew Spirit. Uh, I know why they call it Spirit, too. You hit one bump in that plane, you're going to become a Spirit. <laughs> and the flight attendants, they sure do let you know where you stand. Flight attendant got on the intercom and said, uh, restrooms in the front of the plane are for first class passengers only. Restrooms for coach passengers are located back in LaGuardia. <laughs> the air show was pretty cool today. They had a stealth bomber out there. Did y'all see it? Uh. No? I guess it's working. <laughs> they did have a couple of mad dogs out there. It took me a while to find them. They were way back in the pre-World War II section. <laughs> It's not funny. <laughs> it reminds me of a air show my girlfriend took me to a couple years ago. There were oohs and eyes and near misses and near collisions. I was biting my nails. I was on the edge of my seat. Finally, after 20 minutes, she got the car parked. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just kidding about the mad dog. Captain Jeff always likes to try to impress people by saying uh, he's got tablets in the, in the plane now. He uses tablets up there in the cockpit, but... What he doesn't tell everybody is they're stone tablets. <laughs> and uh, Captain Jeff, he puts a smile on everybody's face because he's a joke. <laughs> and Dr. Steph, she's a doctor, skydiver, a pilot, marathon runner, an overachiever. <laughs> yes. And Captain Nick, I was going to give him a nasty look, but he's already got one. <laughs> uh, but I'm just glad to be a part of the community and uh, I'm proud to call everybody my friend, except for Nev. <laughs> Mine Hick over and out. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I like your hat. Oh, That's thank nice. you. <laughs> well thank you. I love the scrapes. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to. I owe um, Matt Bunting frame uh, an apology. <laughs> we kind of interrupted his his feet. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to save it uh, until Rick gets here. But apparently, because apparently the uh, two pieces of uh, feedback that we received uh, all are thanking <laughs> Captain Rick Bell, and he's not here yet. So that was bad timing on my part. So we'll play this. Matthew, if you're watching uh, via the um, online thing, uh, we'll uh, we'll play it again a little bit later after uh, Rick has gotten here. So, let's see. What do you want to do next? Do you want to uh, let's let's say hello again to our our guest panelists, uh, Micah? Of course, we know that he is on uh, many many different podcasts, and we're not going to say how many because that would spoil the contest that we're still doing right now. So. Um, 
take it away, Micah. Uh, what, what what do you think about this uh, show and meeting all these people here? I'm. It's really, really awful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, could you cut Micah's mic? I told you. Okay, thank you. Uh, it, it's it, it's just amazing. It's fabulous to see everyone, all my friends up here, uh, who who would have expected to see them all within a little less than a year. So that's pretty special. Uh, but today was rather unbelievable out at the air show. Um, those of you who were there uh, know what I'm talking about because you saw it all. Those of you in the chat room, I'm sorry you missed it. And uh, let me talk about the two biggest highlights. Um, the biggest one, the, the most surprising highlight that I had today was finding out that um, this product here, this wonderful <laughs> Equate Ultra Protection Sunscreen, is also pepper spray. Because if you get it in your eye, you're not going to be able to stay wherever you are. So I was at the air show till about 1.30 this afternoon and then had to come home and take a shower. Um, it was just miserable. But I do have to say that the, uh, the Air Force medical staff was incredible. They flushed me, but uh, like any other floater, I just wouldn't go away. Um, and I must just say, when we, when we saw uh, Micah, being treated by the medical staff, he had many, many women around him. <laughs> very clever. That, 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 that is very true. Uh, they, but they were women? Are you sure? Oh, yes. I couldn't tell. I mean, you he told had a me smile they were. In his I face. had this in my eye. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, we, we did do, uh, I did manage to do a, a couple of interviews, and, and, and two of them were particularly really, really interesting uh, for me. And uh, one was we got, and which hopefully... Um, Brian does have on his phone and we'll be able to edit together, but we got an audio walking tour all the way around the F-35 from the nose to tail and back every side. And it was really, really amazing. And then I got to go inside the CC-54, uh, the DC-4, uh, that was actually took part in the Berlin airlift and um, got to meet the captain uh, and flying pilot who is also working on a C-96 that he's restoring and should have flying within a few weeks. C-97. C-97. Thank you, David. Thank you very much, David. Uh, and uh, should have flying in a few weeks, and it will be the only one that is flying. And uh, what was also fascinating to me was that he personally knows and has flown with the Candy Bomber. And uh, Captain Nick told us the story of the Candy Bomber in one of his plane tales. And uh, it was just a great tour and a Marvelous inspiration. So that was a highlight to my day. Excellent. Thank you, Micah. Captain Al, all the way from... Somewhere. Somewhere in the UK, in the northern part well, of England. Well, we don't get sunshine, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're looking a little red-faced. <laughs> yeah, I've had, a, I've had a great day. Um, I did a quick tour of all the catering facilities, checked them out. Uh, started the day with a chicken kebab and then uh, moved on to some, some ice cream. But I had to hold back because obviously, as you can see, I took the chicken nugget eating very, very seriously. Um, so I've had to abstain, but I will be hitting every single catering outlet tomorrow at the show. He's I'm going for it. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what have you, uh, well, I guess we know what you find uh, best about the whole show is the catering. Um, and the, yeah, yeah, the, I, I'm, yeah, I was quite impressed actually. The, the, 
when you sometimes go to these events, you see things and you think, oh, they look quite nice. And then you get it and you go, yeah, not really. But the, the chicken kebab, I think a few guys here had the, the chicken kebab and they, they really did live up to their looks. So, uh, oh, yeah, I'll be making a return visit there for two or three. Yeah, skip the pork roll, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Pasadena Brian and out from the West Coast. And what's your impression of the show here, Brian? And anything? Well, certainly so far, the most memorable thing was my United flight experience getting here. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> we heard about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a bit of a challenge there. Uh, no, it was actually meeting all of you guys in, in, in the audience and other people that uh, that I met at the show. Um, you know, there was a guy that had an a Airplane Geeks t-shirt on, and you know, so there was a listener out there. And so just running into these people were, and that to me has been the, the best part of the show. Excellent. Max Flight. Well, the people, yeah, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the engines. This was a, it was a good day for Pratt & Whitney. We had the F-22, we had the F-16s, we had the Geico Skytypers for you, you know, round engine folks. We had the F-35, which brings me to my first major disappointment of the event. That was Micah. <laughs> when when drone mama and i got up and and saw the f-35 we just made a beeline we, we, we didn't stop um, she actually worked on that program at, uh, at pratt so we have a strong connection to the uh the uh, f-135 engine that's in the f-35 so we get up there and uh we're talking to the you know the pilot there i'm getting the mic out of the bag the recorder's getting ready I asked him if we can do uh, an interview. He says, sure, you know. Uh, he asked me where it's from. He said, Airplane Geeks. He said, oh, I already talked to somebody from Airplane Geeks. And he pulls out this card, and it's Micah. <laughs> he says, oh, yeah, we talked for about 25 minutes. So I said, all right. He was actually willing to, to talk some more. But I said, no, if Micah's got 25 minutes, that's plenty so can i just say that brian also had those 25 minutes and and carlos had those 25 minutes so it's really only Uh, about eight minutes apiece he's deflecting the blame he is well well one of the best parts about that interview is so we do this incredible interview and then i go to save the file and the file's not there and i almost have a heart attack and then i clicked around a bit and more. Just, and just remind me, what is your sort of day-to-day job? Is it due to <laughs> technology? I mean, is it an unfamiliar field for you? <laughs> Completely, yes. I have nothing to do with this. But wait, there's even more about that because Brian tells me and I tell the public affairs officer and the, the, the pilot who said, well, okay, we'll do we'll it again. Do it again. <laughs> and... And Brian said, "Oh, I found it. It's there. We're all set." But I can't. What that's? I can't thank the Air Force enough because yeah. Yeah. they were all set to do it again with us, and then they were set to do it again with you. So yeah. that yeah. really shows a lot. Great bunch. Yeah. Great bunch. I think almost that, as uh, hospital as the uh, hospital. Oh, let me. <laughs> they're almost as nice as the Airbus people. <laughs> uh, very true. Airbus took care of Brian and I very well at Farnborough. Yep. Hey Max, the uh, what's the engine in the F twenty two? Um, it's another PW one or one hundred series. Uh, what is it? The F one nineteen, F one nineteen. Well, I can tell you that was the loudest. Uh, as two far as, pair. Yeah, two of them together, and that was to me was the loudest 
of all the engines. Yeah, or I yeah. guess maybe it was so close in. It was a very impressive it is. demonstration. It is. It's got uh, dual um, uh, nozzles. Vector thrust. Vector thrust. Oh, vector thrust novel. Oh, no yeah. wonder it was doing That's that. That's how it can stuff. do some of those things. That you look up in the air and you watch this thing move around and you say, how can an airplane do that? You know, that I took aerodynamics amazing. in college yeah. and they, none of that was in any of my courses or books. Yeah. I remember um, years ago when Pratt and Whitney was trying to develop some of these vectored thrust nozzles. And as you might expect, there's a lot of titanium content in those in those nozzles. nozzles. And the difficulty was, how do you machine titanium sheet metal? You know, we had to learn how to do that. Very, very difficult. So it's a technology that's that's pretty protected and pretty valuable. A lot of other countries would like to, you know, achieve that kind of level of uh of technology, but they just don't have it. Yeah. Well, trust me, guys. Later on, when the nuggets hit the lower part of the body down the restroom, there'll be a noise that will surpass anything that you've heard today. <laughs> I would like to clarify that Al is talking only for, speaking only for himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ladies don't fart; they just rumble. Isn't that right? Yes. Very true. Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> Stop right now. You know what's good for you. And is David. there an attorney in the house? Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've had a had a question actually in the in the oh. chat room. Uh, Mariana has asked exactly um, what was Brian's experience with United. What was what was the issue? Oh, please, Mariana, you don't. <laughs> Listen to Airplane Geeks once a week. No, this one was uh, road or pest free. Um, it's really, you want me to go through that story now? <laughs> yeah, okay. You so... can do the song. <laughs> <laughs> You, you could just talk about, about sweaty the, balls. Yes. No. Oh. Just just say, just talk about the laptop incident. That'll do. Well, you uh, can't United for no. stupidity, can you? <laughs> I mean, All right. The the Reader's Digest version of the story: Plane in Los Angeles gets in late. Therefore, we leave late. We also leave late because there's a malfunctioning lav on. On, on the plane, and they decide to fix it instead of handing out plastic cups that apparently United's very good at now for people to relieve themselves in. So they wanted to fix it, and that's okay. Midair, I tell the flight crew, it's like, hey, I have really tight connection in Chicago, and it's the last flight of the day, so I'd really appreciate if they could have the, the, the plane held for me. Land at the B gates in Chicago. I'm departing from the C gates, run through the, the airport, get over there, and the distance from about here to the door, I watch them close the, the door. And I'm like, I really need to get on, and no, no such luck. So I get to, get to overnight in, uh, in Chicago. As a side to that... You spent the night with Rob? <laughs> no. Again? I, <laughs> That's a different podcast. Uh, so if my boss is listening, I do work on airplane all the time, except really I don't. On this flight, however, I took my laptop out and I was doing work and I had to go um, use the working lav. So I put the laptop down between my seat and, and the wall. And because when I got back, I'm not used to doing work on the plane. I went on doing whatever. And... I left the laptop on the plane. So, yeah. 
So, and, and this is my work laptop and my life is in that computer. So um, the next morning I went back to the airport and there were a bunch of really nice people and they actually ended up finding it and getting really? it back to me. Yeah. So the people in the, That's That's unusual. Yeah, yeah, the people in the club room, there were three of them that really went out of their way to, to help. So it was much negative stuff, as I say, about United. Um, there are have you checked some... your internet search history since it's been out of your possession? <laughs> I know not to give you a camera, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so a good part and a not-so-good part. Very good. So, David, uh, I know you're the historian for the Airplane Geeks. Um, anything other than the uh, apparently the Mad Dogs that I didn't see in the pre-World War II area that... Uh, Actually, in all fairness, it was a bit of a homecoming for me. Um, if you've listened to Airplane Geeks, you know my father was base civil engineer for the 913th. Well, the sister squadron to the 913th was the 911th. So I sort of um, grew up coming out here when Dad had business trips. We would, um, and I got to see four C-130s doing four C-130 things, and. Um, Spent the day with Jennifer, and she got to see my eyes water and tear up while I saw four Herculeses cranking and breaking over the field. And um, it was a good day. Um, for those people in this room who've accused me of seeing everything on the airfield, uh, I had my first experience in a P-8, which was really nice. We got a nice interview with the um, P-8 Poseidon which our, our UK listeners and our Australian listeners are going to be excited about. Um, and overall, it's a really good air show. Um, you can't beat Sean Tucker. Uh, he's the pilot's pilot. Um, and he does things with an airplane that's just perfectly unnatural. So you watch the F-22 and you go, that's not right. And then you watch Sean Tucker do something even worse. Um, and you <laughs> just sort of get – and, and well, I, I've always said you don't, watch, you don't eat and watch Sean Tucker um, immediately. You know, you eat, wait a couple hours, then watch Sean Tucker. Because if you don't, um, every time he pulls out inverted, you're going to get um, a bit sick. But really good static displays. Um, Really good. My Geico Sky Typers put on a really good show today. Um, and overall, it was besides the beer runs and the pizza runs and and all of the dinners and um, indigestion. I don't know how Al does it. Um, it's been a really Training good Training courses are available. My rates are very <laughs> understandable. <laughs> so really good show. Looking forward to um, sending out photographs and... Um, it was a nice homecoming. Haven't been to Pittsburgh International, the Air Force Reserve facility here since, God forbid, 30-some-odd years. So it, it was a good homecoming. And apparently everybody on the air show circuit knows David Vanderhoof. Because every time we've been out in public eating somewhere, uh, at least, what, three or four groups of people say hi to, hey, is that David? <laughs> it's amazing. Popular guy. Thank you, David. Well, Captain Nick, thank you very much. And let's do <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> I think this mic's working. <laughs> so this is my first American issue, and I was really kind of looking forward to repeating the farmer experience, and it was going to be even better because uh, the wonderful Stephen Ivey uh, had promised to fly me here in his Mooney. So I was going to get myself to Atlanta, and we were going to get into his beautiful – and now having seen it, I'm just even more devastated because it's a 
wonderful looking flying machine. And uh, it was owned by quite a famous guy. I'm sure Stephen can shout out his name. Uh, Pat, Pat, Epps. Pat, Epps. Pat Epps. Pat Epps. Okay, so he's well known. And uh, it, it's his old machine that uh, Stephen now uh, owns. And it's a wonderful looking aircraft. But, of course, he decided to leave the day before I arrived. <laughs> so I kind of missed that opportunity. And then I thought, well, at least he could fly me back. But he's going to leave the day before I do. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure whether it's flying with me or what. But I don't know. I'm really looking forward to a chance to have a go in that machine, Stephen, uh, one day perhaps. Uh, and talking of that, uh, Fred Sampson has always promised to uh, take me up in uh, his light aircraft. I don't do a lot of light aircraft flying, so this would be quite an experience. So um, I really enjoyed uh, walking around with Fred today because he's uh, quite an experienced aerobatic pilot in his own right. He went to the same flight school that um, Sean Tucker uh, learned his trade at. And uh, it was a delight to stand behind, beside him and listen to him describe some of the maneuvers that uh, Sean Tucker was doing in that incredible uh, biplane that he flies. Uh, and uh, Fred's a marvellous guy. He's a great raconteur and he knows a lot of stuff. And uh, that was an absolute joy for me. Um, but uh, meeting Captain uh, Streaker, who got his name by <laughs> methods we have yet to find out, but he promised me if I bought him enough beers, he'd tell me, um, which probably accounts for the fact why he got the name Streaker. He was uh, drinking too much beer. Um, he uh, showed us around uh, his buff. Uh, you know, the buff stands for, come on, someone going to help me out here? Big, big ugly, yeah, friendly big, fellow. Big, ugly. Friendly fellow. Friendly aeroplane. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's fascinating, built in the 60s, for heaven's sake, and they're still flying it. It's a very capable machine. And that would be the B-52. Yeah, B that's right. Thank you very much. So uh, that was great, and uh, hopefully tomorrow we'll get a chance to look up in the flight deck. I, I compared my hand size with uh, uh, Captain Streaker's, and his hands are smaller than mine, and, uh, and I stretch across four throttles, and I'm trying to work out how his tiny hand gets across eight <laughs> throttles. I mean, that was just incredible. But the thing that impressed me uh, most of all was the patience of the uh, American crowd. I mean, we sat and watched the Thunderbirds, <laughs> and uh, you guys cheered. Yeah, and I was going, you know, we've been here 30 minutes, nothing's happened yet, come on. And we're watching the engineers walk around and do their little synchro dance, which was great. And I'm going, come on, guys, when are you going to start your engines and get off? But it, when they got going, it was great. We had to have a bit of a pause. You know, they'd do a fly pass, look fantastic, and we'd all sit and wait and... Someone coming back? Or is that it? <laughs> no, seriously. The Thunderbirds were great. It was lovely to see them. My first chance to see uh, a prime uh, aerobatic team that uh, the USA have produced. Uh, great guys and girls, I'm sure. And uh, that, that was a joy. So all in all, a uh, wonderful experience. And those Thunderbird pilots have great personalities. Captain Al, do you have a story? about <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I do have a little story. I felt that there was potential to be deported yesterday uh, due to a diplomatic incident. Oh, there's still potential. Yeah. Um, the, the Thunderbirds, who travel light when it comes to support staff, of uh, how, many, how many aircraft are there in the Thunderbirds? Well, not very many, mate. There's, no, a, no. there's a box four and a couple of loose ones yeah, that yeah. float around. Uh, and 
presumably they carry a couple of spares just in case it goes tech. So yeah. th- th- there's not too many of them, but they, they took out 90 rooms in the hotel. So they're, they're, you know, <laughs> 128 support staff. I believe, yeah, yeah. So uh, th- th- there's a lot of people there going around shining boots and tires and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I was just chatting to to one of them, and I happen, you know, no no idea whether it's the the top man, the head honcho, or just the new hire. But I was just sort of saying, are you with the Thunderbirds? And he was kind of looking and going, yeah, I'm with the Thunderbirds. I've got the bag. And I thought, okay, great. So I said, uh, I take it you guys are, you know, are aiming to be as good as the Red Arrows someday. <laughs> and his face just went to that sort of kind of expression that you see in someone who's going to hit you. <laughs> and I could see the cogs going round. Corporate policy, we do not hit the public. Corporate policy, we do not hit the public. And I kind of thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll just step away and leave him to it. But yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. They don't seem to have any sense of humour whatsoever. <laughs> All right, well, that's great. Um, Steph? Yeah, so it's been a, a really lovely day, and as... Most of the others have said it's great to see and meet so many of you and put faces to names. And that's just really, really awesome. And so there's quite a few of you here that I've interacted with in the past. I've not met in person before this weekend. So that's that's awesome. Um, in terms of you know what we've seen at the air show today, I really enjoyed watching the C-130s and the paratroopers. That was a lot of fun. Um, I can't imagine you know getting out of an airplane at 1,250 feet with a round parachute uh, and then, you know, or Not the gray one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd have thought that they might have gone for a little bit something more colourful, you know, well, party, you know. You know? We, my canopy is like yellow and blue. It's it's very fun. Um, I still can't imagine jumping out of a good <laughs> aircraft. So right, um, you know, but their their round canopies are not as maneuverable certainly as the Ram Air canopies that I'm used to jumping, and um, the. They don't so maybe I should go and chat to them tomorrow and ask them, you know, are you hoping to have proper canopies at some point? <laughs> yes, yes. I think if you ask them that question, that would go over quite well also. Um, we I'm getting the hang of this. <laughs> we're going to start a hashtag, get Al deported. Uh, um, and everyone can submit their ideas now. <laughs> um, you know, and not being able to to flare and land gently into the ground and having to do a parachute landing fall every time. So it was fun to, I was trying, they were kind of far away from, you know, landing out in the middle of the field. So I was trying to watch their technique, but it was, it was cool to watch. Um, really enjoyed. They the were aiming for somewhere closer. <laughs> well, they don't really have a whole lot of control over where they're going. So, um, so yeah, that was really cool. Um, I really enjoyed the F-22 and the F-18 as, as well on the um, flying displays. So, and then. You know, obviously the nugget eating contest, but I think you know best best two out of three. So uh, that was that was round two where t- scores tied. Are you one still to one. you still you know claiming that you know that the nuggets weren't up to your exacting standards? You know, no, I was, I was just having a moment there. With the nuggets. <laughs> Steph, uh, which was better, the uh, eighteen or the F twenty two? I really like the F eighteen better. Oh, you're my girl. <laughs> uh, quick question from the chat room, Brian. Uh, would you be prepared to jump out of a United Airlines flight with a, with a parachute? Yes. With, with or without a parachute? With, with a parachute. With a parachute. <laughs> I think it'd be fun doing it actually out of a 727 with a whole lot of cash. Yeah. <laughs> what film was that? Yeah. I guess it's my turn. It's your turn, Jim. Thank you. Um, so when we were 
getting close to having this event. Oh, wait a minute. I must un- interrupt myself. Oh, and there's hey. Captain Rick Bay. He's the man. Here, here. Come on in. Okay. Never mind. We did not see him. We'll cut this out. We'll edit this out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so he's going to come back. He's going to get into something more comfortable. Um, anyway. <laughs> so when we were uh, looking at the, you know, a lot of us were looking at the weather as we got closer and closer and closer to this event, and it really looked like it was going to be really cruddy weather. In fact, uh, about 10 days out, it looked like both of these days were going to be rainy, and I, we were thinking, gosh, are they even going to be able to do any of the demonstrations? And so we were concerned about that, and I, th- you know, somebody was asking me, you know, is, is this going to be just a, a complete blowout? And I said, no. You know what? Honestly, even if they didn't have any of those flying demonstrations, I, I, I mean, I do care, but the most important thing to me was this, uh, meeting all of the APG community coming up here and just coming up for this meetup and hanging out with each other and eating at Eggs and At for breakfast and eating at uh, the industry public house on Thursday night and drinking there as well and, and just uh, having the impromptu live streaming sessions in the lobby of the courtyard here where I think the people here at this hotel think we're just completely nuts. <laughs> and we got a lot of strange looks from people. You know, we're here. Are these people sitting in these chairs with microphones and cameras and everything else thinking, hey, it must be celebrities or something. I think they're wondering, no, we're if, not. They're wondering <laughs> if all pilots drink this much. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that is what. I mean, and that's the same thing for Farnborough. In July, how did I do? Farnborough? Very good. Very okay. Good, last, yeah, uh, almost an Englishman. Uh, almost, okay. Uh, last year, um, again, the demonstrations and the static displays, all that stuff was huge. But for me, what I took away from the whole thing was meeting all these great listeners of all these aviation podcasts in, uh, in the UK, and people came from all over Europe, and it was just amazing. So to me, it was going to be a success regardless of what happened with the weather and whether or not we had, you know, a great air show or not. And, you know, gravy, we're having a great air show. And today was uh, much better weather than they were expecting. And tomorrow should be just amazing. So that, to me, is the highlight of all this. And um, I look forward to hanging out and talking more with the community and watching some more great airplane demonstrations tomorrow. Nev. Well, this is my 28th visit to your fine country. And um, talking of diplomatic incidents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about that uh, incident yeah. trying to get in? Well, from I came in Canada? via Toronto uh, with the lovely Liz Piper. So I flew into Toronto and we drove down to Pittsburgh. So that was all great. But of course, in 2012, I visited Algeria. So I've got a, an Algerian visa stamp in my passport for some work we're doing for a, an oil company over there. Uh, Canadian customs guy. I think he was coming to the end of his shift um, because uh, he took one look at it. And thought, oh God! Just just turned the page and stamped it and said, "On, on you go." So he wasn't in the mood for uh, any uh, chat about it at all. Um, which was not the same uh, that can be said for the U.S. Uh, border, uh, who were extremely interested in it and would like to talk to me extensively about it. So, uh, forty minutes later, uh, I was uh, allowed back. 
uh, into the car and down we came. But of course, we've got to go back again. But of course, I'm going out of the country. They, they probably don't care too much, of, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, but just, I've tipped the Canadians off this time. I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought you probably would, yes. But the but, Canadians uh, are very warm and welcoming, nothing like we Americans. That's a fair point, Micah, but I'm not going to get into that right now. So. <laughs> we're outnumbered now. If we're outnumbered, yeah, we're not fast. <laughs> not with those nuggets, anyway. You know, and then, of course, Captain Al is throwing stones at the Thunderbirds. So we... Uh, yeah, wait, wait, it goes both ways. <laughs> uh, just one other thing I'd like to say. Um, you know how important the coffee fund is uh, to, to you know, keep the whole thing going. Uh, there has been a medical incident here today, as you can see from uh, some uh, plasters on my uh, hands here. So I'd like to thank uh, Nurse Liz Piper and uh, Dr uh, John Brown very much for helping us with it. But, of course, there will be compensation uh, required, and therefore I would encourage you uh, to contribute a great deal of money to the coffee fund because that's where it will be coming from. <laughs> so because the coffee fund will be completely drained to pay for Nev's medical expenses, this is a great time to talk about the coffee fund. I wasn't planning on doing this, but apparently it's, we're in an urgent situation. So if you want to help out and replenish the coffee fund, head over to airlinepilotguy.com slash coffee. And you can thank Neville Bounds for that. And if you call in the next 10 minutes, this box of chicken nuggets can be yours. Commemorative. And, and this half-eaten cookie. We'll throw that in as well. And there may be a need for some toilet roll later. <laughs> Tissue, I don't even like you. Okay, Matt Smith, co-host of the Plain Talking UK podcast and video technician extraordinaire. Yeah, he's having a few technical issues at the moment. So can Are you? you come back to me? Is that all right? Okay, sure. <laughs> Is he just using that as an excuse? I am, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought so. That's not a euphemism, folks. <laughs> well, we'll come back to Matt then. So, um, do we have... So that means Carlos. we probably can't... Carlos. Oh, shh. Carlos. <laughs> I mean, of all people, the, co uh, the host of the Plain Talking UK podcast and... Uh, Podcaster extraordinaire, sir. Thank you, Jeff. Yes. No, my second time in the US. Um, they I, let you back? Yeah, they let me back. I, I, I was in Vegas last year, which was an experience in itself. But um, No, it's, it's been fantastic to come here. Um, you know, everyone here has been so, so, you know, very, very, you know, helpful and happy and supportive and everything, you know, very Understanding. generous. Understanding. Understanding, yeah. And... Uh, no, it's been really good to meet a lot of the listeners and stuff at the show. People do actually listen to us, Matt. They actually, yeah, I know. It shocks me as well. It's a great aid to sleep. Your effort works, yeah. But no, I, I, wanted, I just want to say a big thanks to everyone who listens to our show. Um, that you know, we really do appreciate all our US listeners. And I just want to let you know, I was looking at the server downloads um, just about three hours ago, and uh, you guys in the US are literally uh, two and a half thousand downloads. Uh, behind the UK in being the number one downloader of our show. So, yeah, thanks to everyone in the US who downloads and listens to our show each week. We really do appreciate it, so thank you. Did you get the Airplane Geeks bump from last week? Yes, I did. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, by the way, a great episode. Every episode of Airplane Geeks is great, but this one in particular is very special because Carlos Stebbings was the, uh, the guest. And it was very, it was very good, nice to be on the show. So big thanks to the guys at the Geeks for allowing me to. Uh, and it's not often the our guests actually like stalk us from a foreign country a week later. 
<laughs> but it's nice to finally meet you in person. Obviously, I've already seen Brian in Farnborough last year, but uh, no, Max and David, it's great to meet you guys. Yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you. And Jeff, you know, we've talked about the three podcasts that are uh, here. We have. You've got uh, someone special to mention, actually, well, Micah. Yeah, we've got, uh, you know, Plane Talking UK is here, Carlos and Matt, and we have the airline pilot guy is here, and we have the airplane geeks here. But we also have the UAV Digest here, and from the UAV Digest, two people are on our panel, and of course, there's Drone Mama herself. Yeah. yeah. A few words, a few words. Drone Mama, come on. Oh, geez, I really don't like the limelight at all, but uh, <laughs> I somehow got roped into volunteering to uh, publish UAV Digest, and it was, it's an interesting thing, and uh, I'm glad to be able to help Max out with his, uh, his weekly endeavors. And today, you posted a lot on uh, Instagram. Yes, I did. So in the, on the Airplane, Airplane Geeks, Geeks Instagram, Instagram, if you're looking for some photos from the show, there's uh, a lot of great stuff up there to look at. And David has told me that I've improperly identified some things. <laughs> <laughs> but, but give Joe and Mama a big round of applause. Come on, love. We, we really can't do the show UAV Digest without Drone Mama. Um, Max and I are, are, are really good at doing stuff, but... Our text and spelling and grammar aren't the greatest. <laughs> so it, our show notes are spectacular only because um, Max and I aren't doing them. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. We have uh, somebody in the speaking of the chat room. Philip Davis uh, from the UK said, if Jeff sees this message, can you say a massive thank you to all the podcasters who spend an awful lot of their time educating and entertaining us all? And he puts in all caps, thank you all very much. So thank you, Philip, for sending that message to us. And let's see, is Captain Rick back? No. Nope. He's still gone? Nope. Okay. So we'll put off uh, playing that message from uh, Matt Buntingframe. And yeah, this might be a good time for this week's installment of Plain Tales. The Old Pilot's Plane Tales, Flight 427 to Pittsburgh. On a beautifully clear and warm evening in western Pennsylvania, on the 8th of September 1994, US Air Flight 427 began its approach to Pittsburgh International Airport. The Boeing 737, carrying 127 passengers and crew of five, was making a routine trip from Chicago and was due to land in Pittsburgh around 7.15pm. It never got there. At about 7pm, Captain Peter Germano and First Officer Charles Emmett prepared for their approach and chatted about the bright sun they'd have to deal with and grumbled about the heavy air traffic around Pittsburgh that inevitably caused delays. Their banter gave way quickly to exclamations of surprise and then horror as their aircraft suddenly and inexplicably yawed to the left, rolled over and began to spiral downwards. The aircraft had momentarily entered the wake turbulence of the delta it was sequenced behind when there were three sudden thumps, clicking sounds, and a louder thump, and then the 737 began to bank and roll to the left. As the aircraft stalled, Germano exclaimed, 
hold on numerous times, while Emmett, under physical exertion, said, Oh, shit! Germano exclaimed, What the hell is this? As air traffic control noticed Flight 427 descending without permission, Germano keyed the mic and stated, 427, emergency! The aircraft then continued to roll, whilst pitching nose down at the ground, at which point Emmett shouted, What the hell? Against sharply rising G-forces, he yelled again, Pull! Pull! Three consecutive times before screaming, during which Emmett stated, God, no! Seconds before impact. In the 23 terrifying seconds, the 737 had plummeted 6,000 feet and struck the ground at nearly 300 knots into a ravine near the Green Garden Plaza in Hopewell, a few miles from the airport. The plane disintegrated on impact. In a flash, 132 lives were snuffed out. This sad loss was not an isolated event, but one in a series of mishaps involving one of the world's most successful aircraft. A few years previously, a United Airlines 737-200 crashed on approach to Colorado Springs. The aircraft unexpectedly rolled right and pitched nose down, and although the crew tried to initiate a go-round by selecting 15 flaps and increasing the thrust, the aircraft continued to spiral downwards, reaching over 4G until it impacted the ground four miles short of the runway, killing everyone on board. In the aftermath of this accident, the data proved insufficient to establish a cause, and for only the fourth time in the history of the NTSB, the final report was issued with an undetermined probable cause. The list of similar crashes grew when in 1992, a Copper Airlines 737-200 flipped onto its back and crashed. 1994 saw a Sahara Airlines perform a training touch-and-go and slew off sideways to slam into a Russian aircraft. And a month later, Captain Ray Miller, a Continental Airlines pilot, struggled to keep control of his aircraft when it rolled violently to the right and continued to pull right for about 18 minutes. In 1997, a Silk Air 737-300 rolled and dived into the ground, killing 104, and in 1999, a Metrojet 737-200 experienced a serious rudder deflection in the cruise. However, perhaps the most telling incident involved Captain Brian Bishop, who fought off two hard, inadvertent rudder swings, narrowly keeping control as he prepared to land his East Winds Airlines 737-200 at Richmond. Boeing found that the yaw damper, an automatic rudder adjusting device, had been misrigged and theorised that it had surprised Bishop, by deflecting the rudder slightly further to the right than it should have. To test this theory, Boeing test pilot Michael Hewitt accompanied Bishop on a flight on the Sames East Wind jet. Boeing rigged the cockpit so a technician could make the yaw damper order a series of right deflections. 
Bishop, however, easily kept control of the plane. Hewitt suggested that Bishop probably overreacted to a similar rogue or damper signal the night of the incident, but Bishop insisted a much stronger force had nearly twisted his jet into its dangerous dive, and he noted that his rudder pedal had also locked up. This wasn't anything like that night, Bishop recalled. I was trying to tell Hewitt the rudder didn't feel this way. It didn't have any effect at all that night. But Hewitt says it was dark and you weren't expecting anything. Well, true, but either way, this was about a tenth of what I felt. There were more incidents of lesser significance, but all told, the NTSB listed 112 such rudder events over a 20-year period. However, to put this into context, the 737 family of airliners are the best-selling commercial jet airliner in history, as production approaches the 10,000 mark, with over 4,000 currently on order. As of 2015, the hull loss rate per million departures of the original series stood at 1.75, which compares favourably with the early 747s at 2.85, but not as safe as the MD-80 at 0.66 or the L-1011 at 0.75. Back in the 1960s, when the 737 was being designed in competition with many other rival aircraft, to speed up the process, Boeing used a great deal of common components from the 727, some 60% in fact. However, one area that differed was the design of the rudder. Unlike most other twin aircraft with a strong potential asymmetric force, it had a single rudder and a single power control unit to move it. Through clever design, the single PCU cylinder provided power to move the rudder in both directions through a dual concentric servo valve, one of which provided a backup in case of failure. However, as the losses and incidents mounted, suspicion began to fall on the design and vulnerability of the rudder PCU. According to US Airways, the cause of the Pittsburgh crash was an uncommanded full rudder deflection or rudder reversal that placed the aircraft in a flight regime from which recovery was not possible using the known recovery procedures. A contributing cause of this accident was the manufacturer's failure to advise operators that there was a speed below which the aircraft's lateral control authority was insufficient to counter a full rudder deflection. A statement from the Airline Pilots Association stated, Alpa believes that the airplane experienced an uncommanded full rudder deflection this deflection was a result of the main rudder power control unit secondary valve jamming, which resulted in a primary valve overstroke. This secondary valve jam and primary valve overstroke caused US Air 427 to roll uncontrollably and dive into the ground. Once the full rudder hardover occurred, the flight crew were unable to counter the resulting roll with aileron because the 737 does not have sufficient lateral control authority to balance a full rudder input in certain areas of the flight envelope. Charles Higgins, 
a Boeing vice president who heads up airplane safety and performance for Boeing, said the rudder control units from the 737 in the Pittsburgh and Colorado Springs crashes were both thoroughly examined as part of the NTSB's accident investigation. No jam was detected in either unit. Boeing suggested pilot error in the Pittsburgh crash, suggesting the pilots may have mishandled the plane in reaction to the turbulence, with the first officer inadvertently holding the left rudder pedal to the cockpit floor as he and the captain pulled back on the control stick to break their plunge. And they blamed a rogue wind in the United Airlines crash and a misrigged yaw damper for the east wind incident. Dennis Kreider, chairman of the NTSB's Aircraft Performance Group, told the board members a rudder reversal scenario will match all three events. However, the Boeing company hotly contested such a finding, saying that there was no physical evidence to support the rudder reversal scenarios in the three incidents. Finally, the FAA argued that no one would ever know the cause with any certainty, so it had focused on making the plane safer. As an interim measure to maintain controllability in case of an uncommanded rudder deflection, the airlines began to instruct their pilots to fly faster for longer during the approach. Above 190 knots with flaps at between 1 and 10, should the rudder move to full deflection, there would be enough aileron force available to overcome the rolling effect of the rudder. However, that speed increased with G-loading. This higher speed was officially adopted into the Boeing flight manuals in March 1999, but it only protected the aircraft on the initial stages of the approach. In that same year, a Flight Control Engineering and Test Evaluation Board was formed to look afresh at the 737 rudder in what had been called the most in-depth scientific study ever of any commercial airplane system. The team were given the task of determining what could happen and not to evaluate the probability of what would happen. It was manned by representatives from the FAA, NASA, ALPA and Boeing, as well as members from safety establishments around the world. A year later, in a preliminary draft report, the ETEB found that the jammed restricted rudder procedures formulated by Boeing and often modified by airlines were confusing and time-consuming. They said the pilot showed a lack of training and situational awareness. The evaluation board said that it had detected 30 failures and jams that could be catastrophic on takeoff and landing, but partly because airplanes travel faster at high altitudes and other control systems can overcome the rudder force, it considered no failures at cruising altitudes to be catastrophic. Nevertheless, 16 of those failures and jams at higher altitudes would be hazardous, meaning that they would require prompt pilot action to prevent a crash. The report said that another 22 latent failures, such as cracked parts combined with single failures and jams, could cause catastrophic or hazardous failures. 
but all three of the failures found by the panel were also present in the new generation 737, 6, 7 and 800. The large numbers of single failures and jams and latent failure combinations are of concern. They also found that current maintenance procedures were insufficient to find hidden problems in the rudder system. The evaluation board's most unexpected finding was that an ice build-up can cause a 737 rudder to malfunction. Servo valve linkages that weren't pressurised or heated were prone to freezing and other levers could also be prevented from moving correctly. The evaluation board recommended in the draft that Boeing modify the 737 rudder control system so that no single failure, single jam or any latent failure in combination with any single jam or failure will cause class 1 that is, catastrophic, effects. On the 13th of September 2000, the FAA reached an agreement with Boeing to redesign the rudder. Once the directive was issued, the company would have about five years to make the changes in planes currently flying. The new design would also be required in all newly made 737s. The NTSB's chairman, Jim Hall, said that he was pleased Boeing and the FAA had finally agreed that there was a need to redesign the 737 rudder control system. The current design, Hall said, represents an unacceptable risk to the travelling public. He went on, I hope this redesign and retrofit can be accomplished expeditiously, so that the major recommendations of our accident report last year will be realised. A reliable, redundant rudder system for the Boeing 737. Boeing's Alan Bailey, the engineer in charge of the 737's safety certification, said, We are not fixing a safety problem with this enhancement we are making. Boeing say the new rudder will take three years to develop and be fitted to the first aircraft, and the FAA said the last will not be fitted until 2008, because the retro work is expected to take as much as 200 hours per plane. Boeing would pay the full cost of the retrofit, estimated at $240 million. However, in December 2006, Reuters reported that Boeing and airlines were resisting the US government proposal to require closer monitoring of rudder performance on 737 aircraft years after the two crashes prompted changes to design and other measures. The Air Transport Association said that more than 800 aircraft would not meet the basic requirement of the FAA's monitoring proposal if it were finalised today, and most of those planes had already been fitted with redesigned rudder systems, the report said. The FAA and the National Transport Safety Board agreed more oversight was needed to ensure Boeing's rudder design worked as planned and any other problems were spotted. Without more data, neither the FAA nor the NTSB could definitely identify the causes of suspected uncommanded rudder events, the FAA said. The problem seems to be never-ending. 
In 2007, Flight International reported that Boeing's long-running problems with the 737 rudder, thought to have been finally settled six years previously with the redesign of the power control units, had resurfaced with the discovery of fractures in the input control rods to the units and a subsequent call for wide-ranging corrective action by the US FAA. Boeing said 880 aircraft have been fitted with the enhanced rudder system, of which 681 were discovered to have been delivered with suspect rods. So, so what what is your conclusion to all of this? I mean, what what is your feeling regarding, you know, did, did Boeing? Well, no, do you I, think I, I tried to stay. And I know you won't quite understand this, but it's really hard when you have a, a you know a, a fondness for one manufacturer over another to stay completely impartial. But when I did this, I I purposely tried not to include any personal opinion. I I just extracted um, text and testimony from renowned bodies like the Airline Pilots Association, like the NTSB, and the FAA. So. Every piece of information in that, none of it is personal, none of it is my opinion. It is, it is all extracted from public documents that are available. And the, the, let's, let's, I tried to mention the 737 is a very safe aircraft. It has an excellent safety record, particularly the later versions. The earlier versions, not so. But the later versions, very good. So we're talking about a quite a... Um, very rare fault, but it it may still be there, and uh, not every agency involved is convinced that Boeing have actually met their responsibility in fixing this. Hey, uh, Captain Nick, you're you're really not making me feel better since I have to <laughs> I have to fly back to LA in two segments around seven thirty sevens, and on Monday I have to fly to Orlando. And both segments are on 737. So thank you. Thank you. No. Nick flew up on a 737 <laughs> yeah, from Atlanta. Right. Yeah, I, I put my money where my mouth was, and I came here on a 737 from Atlanta, and I didn't scream or uh, or cry or blub once. So uh, I, I, you have to have confidence in an aircraft that uh, has been accepted by so many airlines, has so many thousand of them have been built, and uh, has done very well. But I personally, and this is where I will, the only opinion I'll personally put in, when you look back at the original concept, when the 737 was built, a single rudder panel powered by a single power control unit was something that they only did on that aircraft. And other manufacturers have always ensured that there are dual um, systems involved in this. Um, so that, to me, perhaps was uh, an area where Boeing might have been a bit more conscientious. Having said that, you know they've uh, done their best to uh, adhere, and at a great cost, they've uh, redesigned the system. It's only the monitoring system that allows the uh, NTSB to keep a close eye on rudder incidents on the 737 and analyze them fully, that perhaps Boeing have uh, not perhaps uh, complied with entirely. But uh, that's just a personal opinion. 
And just a quick trivia question, as long as we're talking about the 737s. Does anybody here know of a song with the uh, word airplane 737 in it? You should. 737 coming out of the sky. Let me take you down to Memphis on a midnight ride. I want to move. John Fogarty, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Traveling Band. <laughs> Very impressive. Um, I'll add that while, while it was playing, I reached over. And um, as the historian of the group, um, that was an awesome segment. And um, love primary sources. It's not something we get to talk about a lot. And you did a really good job. And I know your bias, and I, I, I understood your pain, so it was, it was, it was really well done. Uh, thank you very much, Steve. I mean, they're all well done, but we really appreciate that. Like our faces. So, we were playing some feedback from Matthew Bundingframe in uh, Australia uh, earlier, and it was interrupted by Miami Heck, so... We're going to go ahead and replay this, and it's going to be even more special because one of the people that he uh, heaps lots of praise for is now with us. G'day, guys. Matt coming to you from Melbourne, Victoria. Wishing you all the very best at Wings Over Pittsburgh. What an awesome occasion for everyone to get together. Thank you, Captain Rick Bell, for your efforts in making this happen. I know it's been a long time coming, and a lot of you guys have been waiting for a while to get there. It's finally here, and I know you guys are all together and probably sharing a few amber ales between you, and if you haven't, you should have one in your hands. Uh, wish we could be there, but obviously the tyranny of distance prohibits. Looking forward to catching up with some of you later this year, but uh, until that time... All the very best. Have a good one. Matt, out. Thank you, Matt. And we all agree. Captain Rick Bell is the man. Stand up. Yeah, you are. He's in the chat. We're going to speak to you live now, Rick, for everyone who's, uh, who's listening. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, don't don't really mention your real name and your affiliation with any military agency because we are on a podcast. I got in trouble. <laughs> and apparently I'm now the new Miami Rick. <laughs> According to my squatter mates. Does Acme now have a military branch then? Yes, it's Acme, the, the Acme Air Force. Acme Air Force. Acme there Air Force go. and Captain uh, Ray... Finkelstein. That's it. <laughs> Would you like to say something about this wonderful air show that you did here in Scranton, PA? <laughs> That's not good because there's an air show at Scranton, PA. Oh, it's <laughs> just... Whoops. Altoona? Altoona. It was really hard. <laughs> there you go, Altoona. <laughs> no, it was, it's uh, holy smokes. This has been, wow, um, a year and a half, two years in the making. And um, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I can't believe we pulled this off. <laughs> it's, it's not over yet. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, no, this has been absolutely amazing. I never thought that all the hard work that my team and you know my squadron mates and my friends and colleagues 
I, I never thought that this was what this was going to be. And holy smokes, I came in first thing this morning and uh, last night after the last airplane got in and, you know, me and my buddies and we're kind of standing around and we're looking around and we're like, I can't believe we just did this. <laughs> like, what are we doing right now? <laughs> and then this morning and seeing the airplanes and seeing the sun come up and, you know, everyone, it's just, it's, it's all working. And wow, like this is just <laughs> absolutely incredible. Um, I, I was I, I've been on the Airboss stand actually for the most of the day and normally I have a radio just connected to my hip and uh, I think maybe in the morning for a few fires but after that I can't believe how smooth this all went this was absolutely incredible um, I'm still in shock so I, I don't know really where to go with this so I mean this has been just one of those days where I mean, it was just next thing I know, the Thunderbirds were performing and I'm watching this whole thing going on and I'm just I'm like, did we just pull this off? Like, did, did, did this all just happen? Like, I don't really know what to say right now. So, and tomorrow is another day. And uh, then we have the mass exodus tomorrow night. So, um, you know, we'll see how this goes. But so far, so good. Knock on wood. Um, this has been... I'm watching myself in the chat room right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> like, 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 stop looking at me like that. <laughs> I, need, I need my wife back here. She is my drink. So right now, I'm just like... Yeah, so. Um, no, really, this has just been absolutely incredible. Thank you all. I, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, um, you know, this has just been incredible to see all of you here right now. There's not a more fitting group of people that need to be at this air show than than this group of people right now. Um, you know, we wanted this to be um, the an aviation centric air show, and we did not want any fences to this thing. We just wanted people to be able to know what we are about. And uh, we did it. I, I think. I, I think we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know. So uh, yeah. So far, so good, right? Everybody, please, three cheers for Captain Rick. Hip hip. Hooray! Hip hip. Hooray! Hip hip. Hooray! So people said, like, to me, Jeff, thanks for like bringing all these people together. And I said, it wasn't me. It was Captain Rick Bell. He's the one that, you know, more than a year and a half ago called me up and said, hey, would you guys be interested in, you know, coming to this air show thing in Pittsburgh? And I went, yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess. Don't yeah, blame me Yeah, for just this. like Farnborough, you didn't have squat to do with that either. No, I didn't. Really, I didn't. No, really, don't blame me for this. That was, uh, who was that that uh, was responsible for that? That uh, was Stuart Aslett. Stuart Aslett, yeah. yeah. Blame yeah. him for that. Yeah. Yeah, Rick, so. Rick, can I just ask how much sleep you've had in the last few days? Uh, I can actually count on both of my hands how much sleep I've had yeah. in the last okay. two days. Well, you did a brilliant job. Well yeah. done. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, your lovely wife. Oh, yay! My wife is here! And I have to say, and please give it up for my lovely wife, because she has dealt with this for the past year and a half. <laughs> There's no harder job in the Air Force than being an Air Force wife. They're more enlisted than we are, aren't we? <laughs> so thank you guys all very much for coming out to this thing. This has been just absolutely an incredible event, and um, I can't thank you all enough 
for being here. This has been just absolutely awesome. So thank you guys very thank much. You. No, thank Cheers. you. Thank you guys. It's all you. Just so you know what kind of guy Rick Bell is. He walked up to me the other night and I said, I need that patch. He turned his shoulder to me and said, rip it off. It's yours. The man will give you his patches off his back. He's awesome. Yeah, I have absolutely no patches left on my uniform. So. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Just as an addition to that, Rick, um, I've been chatting to a few people who are local to Pittsburgh because I understand, I mean, forgive myself and the rest of us who've come from the UK, but we're, we're not particularly savvy to the goings-on at the Pittsburgh Air Show, and I believe that there's been quite a gap since the last one. And uh, the people that I've spoken to in the hotel and so forth who are local to Pittsburgh are absolutely delighted to see its return. So well done. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, not, and not to mention the fact that so many people were just amazed that uh, it, there, was, there was no charge to come in to the air show, no charge for parking. I mean, talking about being open to the local community and saying – this is what aviation is, uh, specifically military aviation. But, uh, you know, this is, this is where dreams are born and f future aviators are born. Yeah, that's very true. You know, and standing out with, um, you know, especially the GA airplanes today for, you know, Stephen and Hillel who flew their planes in. There were so many families and young kids yeah. who came by just in awe of all of these aircraft. So that was really, really fun to see. So. Well, I what I'd like to do is ask the audience how many people were inspired or became a fan of aviation as a result of an air show. I mean, clearly more than half. Yeah. So it's so important. And having been the um, military aviation expert, you know, we were joking around that, you know, I, I've kind of jaded, you know, I've seen B-52s and C-5s and C-17s, but it's not often you get to a military show when you see an E-175 or an Airbus A300, or um, what the other general aviation stuff. It was really, not to mention, we also have to give credit to Pittsburgh International Airport because they never stopped landing aircraft and taking off aircraft. And that we know of. That we, well, <laughs> that we know of. Except for but, the Thunderbirds administration. Let's not go there, it okay. Was really see, it was really kind of amazing to think that here was a civilian airport with people flying in and out and there's an air show going on with an air show box right next to it and there really wasn't any interruption you really couldn't tell um for both facilities so well done yeah thank you guys very much this was david a, is that a relatively unique situation in the us because i can't see it happening in the uk i mean there, there would just be you know no one would accept that risk assessment i have been i have been to scranton international airport where they've done this where they they have minimal, they don't have as many runways, so the air show is kind of interrupted for a CJ to come land. Um, the ir irony of that is that pilot is going to make the best CJ landing he's ever had. <laughs> he's got an audience. Um, but that being said, um, there are civilian air shows, there are military air shows. It's not often you get something as wonderful as this has, is. I know it's a military facility, but... Um, Growing up, everybody, my dad's, all of the, the 9-11th, the 9-12th, the 9-14th, which was Youngstown, Niagara Falls, and Pittsburgh, were always jealous of my dad's facility because he was a military base. The other three operated from a civilian airport, which has its challenges. 
Um, that being said, what I saw today is the base here, um, the 9-11th, is operating seamlessly with the Pittsburgh International Airport. And I'm going to be sad that they're losing their current mission because I'll, I'll tell um, the happiest thing I saw today was four C-130s cranking their props all simultaneously. You know, start one, start two, start three, start four, and taxiing out. Reminded me of my childhood. Um, in fact, I even started to well up a little bit. But the fact that there were Mad Dogs and 737s and EJs and E-175s all flying and landing at the airport at the same time was just downright awesome from a pers from an air show perspective. It's just not something you're used to seeing, and it's not something that um, is ever done that well. So thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, a question, actually, for you, Jeff, and maybe Rick, too, from a commercial perspective. What were the NOTAMs like today? I didn't. I, I've been on vacation, so I haven't looked at any of them. What might they have been like? <laughs> there are pages. <laughs> there is a lot. Um, yeah, we have a five-and-a-half-mile TFR around the airport right now. Um, we have massive airspace coordination. Uh, sitting up in the Airbus stand was uh, the um, uh, air traffic control from Pit Tracon, um, the Airbus, the, uh, uh, we call Iron City, which is the ground controller. Uh, there was myself, there was the FAA, there was uh, county crash fire rescue, there was uh, the county um, personnel associated with uh, holding um, you know, the the actual airfield itself. So the airfield is actually owned by Allegheny County, which is with you know the obviously Pittsburgh falls within the confines of. Um. So we had a lot of personnel, and there was a lot of coordination involved. There was a lot of coordination involved. And, uh, like and, I said, and don't forget all of the roads that have to be blocked off. All of the roads that need to be blocked off. So Moon Police uh, out here, uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Or I'm sorry, not. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Obviously, the the Pittsburgh State or Pittsburgh Police, uh, Pennsylvania uh, Police. The the um, the uh, uh, was that the Your highway state troopers. Yeah, the state yeah. troopers. Um, all the local uh, volunteer, you know, fire departments and everything else. Um, you know, this has been, like I said, holy smokes, there's been a lot of coordination going on with this. <laughs> it's been just mad. Yeah, Captain Rick, what about the ROTC and uh, Air National Guard? It seemed like there was a lot of help oh my from goodness. those guys as yeah. well. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, the um, uh, Civil Air Patrol, which is an awesome organization that, I absolutely encourage anybody to get into is to get into the, the, the CAP program. Uh, the Air Force Auxiliary is really what it is, and it's a, the cadet program to get people interested in the Air Force and into aviation. I absolutely 100% uh, uh, support it, and uh, they have been huge in this whole thing, um, you know, with their personnel and, and manning the, the parking lots. I mean, we have parking lots all over <laughs> moon um this you know busing i mean we we've had buses coming in from everywhere um our security forces has been you know absolutely paramount in securing the flight line and making sure everyone's been safe i know everyone's been giving everyone a hard time about the restrictions <laughs> and uh but you know really honestly um you know that's the whole reason why we can have the the safe and open 
air show that we have is because we have those restrictions in place and uh it's just been absolutely incredible um and then the other ones the boy scouts the boy scouts and the girl scouts of america um you know have been here and they've been just absolutely awesome in helping out with personnel and uh yeah i actually there's a whole camp there's a whole boy scout girl scout and silver patrol camp sitting on our ramp right now they're actually in tents and they're camping out with campfires and everything else and i was just walking i'm walking over here and I, yeah i know and i'm just like I'm, I'm i'm walking with aaron and i'm basically saying i'm just like this is the reason why we have this air show is because of this because kids are camping out because they love aviation you know people, I was going to say the other thing that was just amazing, having driven in and out, and you had a whole enlisted crew out there standing there all day long, directing traffic. I had my windows rolled down, thanked every one of those guys. They were all incredibly polite, incredibly helpful. Going through security, you know, the guys standing there with M4s and everything, but I, I wish TSA were as polite and as helpful <laughs> and as wonderful when I get here, screened here. in the airport because they were, again, incredibly polite. I, you know, I had a battery in my pocket and I was happy to see it. But anyway, um, but it was still in terms of I was treated with so much dignity and respect and, and everyone was. And yep. to be out there in the sun doing all that in uniforms like that was just amazing. And they deserve an incredible amount of thanks. Absolutely. I mean, they, they deserve the biggest round of applause ever. I mean, these guys have put in 16, 17, 18 hour days and, and, you know, they definitely deserve a cheer. So, uh, no cavity searches, Al. <laughs> Surprisingly, they let me in in clothes. I was all ready to go for it. Yeah, weird wait, wait. how that works out. I thought there was bubble wrap involved. Well, yeah, but uh, I think it's probably fair to say that uh, uh, Jeff was it on Facebook Live or did did you do Twitter Live that uh, my naked body got uh, broadcast to the world again? Again. Well, I, it was censored. They wouldn't let me post it. No, but, but, YouTube, what, what? actually. YouTube, uh, the APG YouTube channel. You'll see uh, Captain Al flashing. Yeah, it's not a pretty thing. Ew. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but, yeah, you're going to download it later, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> YouTube.com slash airline pilot. That sweet, Very sweet airline. gray hair slicked back. <laughs> Ooh. Come on, guys. We okay. need to keep this clean. All right. So it's a family thanks show. again, Captain Bell, and we look forward to uh, thank you guys. seeing you some more. And uh, you see him tomorrow at the uh, air show. Make sure you shake it well. Of course, everybody here will be able to have a chance to uh, you know, say something personally to Captain Bell tonight and help him uh, drink some beer and uh, maybe even sing some karaoke. He's a good singer. And when does a golf cart jousting start? That's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> hey, I don't know anything about that. You know, I have I've, I have a special announcement. You know, you, you all heard the uh, the, the normal uh, airline pilot guy theme music at the beginning of the show. I think we have some possibly some new theme music for the airline pilot guy show. So let's take a listen. See what you think.
I used to be such a good, good pilot Till I started APG <laughs> I opened doors for little old ladies I helped them to their seats Airline, not a guy I fly friends cause I'm always flying I just don't have the time but I can land this old plane I can land it just fine Thank you, Brent Wright, for that wonderful yes. piece of work. Bravo. Now, that wasn't, that wasn't Miami Hicks singing, but uh, he, he was the one that created the uh, lyrics. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, we need, right. we, we need to do that. Yeah, and I love the the my, my, the best part of that was uh, I have no friends <laughs> because I'm too busy flying. <laughs> so thank you for doing that. That was awesome. All right, Carlos, do we have uh, any results on the contest? Or uh, are there any more forms to come? Any more competition forms? No. Anyone else? No. no? Okay. So we had three in. <laughs> Yay. Huge participation. Thanks, Everyone man. wants your CDs, Michael. Oh, I can oh. tell. Very, very <laughs> yeah, is that including all the online people as well? All three? All three. Yeah, yeah. it does yeah. include okay. them too. So, uh, so as we have a tiebreaker for all three, <laughs> um, the answers actually were, so it was uh, Airplane Geeks was one of them, uh, Airline Pilot Guy Show, uh, Plane Talking UK, Plane Safety Podcast, Aviation Extended, mm. and Hey Techies hey, was techies. one. Wow. And three people actually got that? No. no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Mike and I. Had I three 100 percenters then. And we didn't count Leo Laporte. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. But that's Leo. because you go by a gnome de plume on that show. I know, but I get texts from Jeff and Max every yeah, time I'm yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Liz, I think it's one of, it's Liz, this is one of yours, isn't it? Oh, hello, oh, hello. And Jen? Did you put? No. <laughs> well, there's one from Derek, one wow. from Hillel, and one with no name. Carl. Uh, Carl. Carl. Right, so you all got a tie anyway. So we've, we've, I've spoken with Jeff, and he's decided that uh, it will be a, a question for all three of you, and the closest will win. So the question is, what month and year was the very first Airline Pilot Guy show broadcast? What month and year? So, Carl, we'll start with you. Just APG. Just APG. Yeah, yeah, just APG. What month and year? January 1922. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. 
Ouch. <laughs> Steph, well, were you talking about paper cups and string? No, Jen, it was you were talking about paper cups and string. That's how he was doing it, huh? I have the 78. <laughs> I know ideas, Carl. Relax, roll. <laughs> and no, I'm not going to help you just because no, you live just down the road from me. No. You, don't write it down. Just say it. Uh, months wrong. Go on, go for the ear, Adrian. Oh. <laughs> so May, uh, July 2009. We've got May, July 2009. Is that what he said? J- July, 2000. July 2009. Okay. Next. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Ooh. 2009. Okay. Hello. Doesn't matter because it was 2010. Uh, <laughs> you switched it to wait, 2011, and so it was 2011, and it was probably. And your answer, please. <laughs> March. May 2011. A true fan. So here we go for the for the journey home, Hillel. Thank you. I took out the CD player from the plane, though. <laughs> <laughs> they fit the shredder really well. <laughs> so well done, Hillel. Well done. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. That was fun. So, are we ready to try to bring in somebody via Skype? Projector, please. This is a multimedia podcast here. And who do and we have? Of course, we're all uh, facing coming... the opposite direction from right. the perspective. Yeah. Oh, it's not coming on. It's like me on a Friday no, night. It, it takes it, a little it, time it, to warm just, up. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> it's going. And right now, Carlos is making bird it's animals with his fingers. <laughs> here we go. It's coming. It's coming. Really? Yeah. But they Well, that's okay. Ah, they don't need to see this. <laughs> I'm sitting in the dark here. Blinded by the light. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Okay. As you can see, folks, it's a little dark outside. We haven't got a camera for some reason, so I don't know what. So that's my instrument panel. Yeah. Let me see. I can put Don, the light on. Don, Hold on, we don't have us? your camera yet, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the dock, and that's the only place I can get Wi-Fi. <laughs> okay, but is have you dark for a long clicked time. on the uh, the camera button there? So yeah, it's just dark out. Oh, but sorry. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna put the light on in my car. Yeah, that should lighten things up a little bit. <laughs> oh, the technical problems. Okay, that's on. And that's on. And now you're starting to see, right? Okay. Uh, nope. We actually can't see anything. We just oh, see you, the little icon. Let's all remember no, 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 that Don, Don is in charge of looking at, pro- at, at jets. Oh, right. Okay. Um, okay, do I look like an airline captain now? <laughs> no, but why don't you just, uh, we can hear you, so why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, tell us what you want to say to us? Sorry about that, guys. 
You just caught me an hour too late. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> but sorry. that's okay if you want to chat. Uh, let me see. What can I do to get light here? Uh, Don, I, I actually don't think it's going to matter because we just don't have a video feed from you. It, it's not that we just can't see your video. Well, you just, got a real weak one. There's no... There's, um, but I'll tell you what. Let me do this. Let me, let me show you. Try, try let prayer, me show you what Don. My call try prayer. <laughs> there we go. Can you see? There's my speedometer. And nope. Nope. Still nothing. There's, there's just and no video. My so. Microphone. Can Don, you, take, can you take see the that? tape off the look camera. At that, look at that microphone. Isn't that neat? I mean, it's just oh, unbelievable. Modern inventions. Don, press press the video button, Don. Press the video button. Yeah, Turn your video feed on. The camera icon. Disappeared. Okay, let's see what happens. I got it on again. Don, put your clothes on, please. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the button off. Turn the camera off. <laughs> okay, I should have it on. Oh, now I got YouTube on. <laughs> I got you guys on YouTube. Oh, let's turn around here. I'm going to get back on Skype. Yeah. Hey, Don, it was, it was really great contacting you. This is awesome. Um, but well, uh, I'm sorry. I'm glad enjoying the, the nighttime. Uh, I have to sit in the car because of the mosquitoes. <laughs> Be uh, safe, man. Put some repellent yeah, on. We got mosquitoes here. Because I'm already on a call. Yep. I, th I think your signal's breaking up, man. Yeah. So we're going to have to move on. Sorry. Don, have you been drinking? <laughs> All right. You're we're going gonna to move on. To oh. oh, no. Oh. Well, that was Don Sebastian. Hey, good job, Don. Yeah. So uh, let's try to get Bobby on. Hey, Miami Hick, do you have a brother? <laughs> Don, if you're listening to this after the fact, sorry that didn't work out. We were yeah, looking we, forward to uh, Not sure what happened with the connection there. Huh? Not sure what happened with the connection there. No, yeah. the connection Just, is really uh, uh, all shaky. All mosquitoes on the line. Yeah. All right, we're going to go with uh, Fabian, or Fabian, however you want to say it. Oh! Hey. Hey. Oh man, I'm still laughing about what happened to this Don. <laughs> Too funny. I hope you can see me and hear me good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I now figured out why we do on Airplane Geeks only audio <laughs> and recorded. It's so cool you, uh, you guys um, got to meet in Pittsburgh and had a great time at the air show. I wish I could have joined you. Um, it's 3 a.m. now in the morning here. Oh, wow. And You're the man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I'm sitting at my parents' house and I had to go to the room with the best Wi-Fi um, because my room, well, it didn't work, the connection, but I could have shown you some cool app planes there. What? What is he saying, Matt? No, sorry, no, ignore me. Please, please, <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, Fabian. Nobody knows what he's saying. Sorry, Fabian. <laughs> it looks like he had a great time at the air show, and uh, I hope to be there next time for maybe a European meetup, uh, maybe when stuff goes to run the marathon in Berlin. Yes, absolutely. Um, hopefully we can meet up then. 
That'd be that'd be really I nice. I think there's something in the planning with um, uh, Tillman. Yep, uh, with Tillman. Or? Yep, he's there. So I think we're going to yeah. try and um, maybe organize a little meetup at least one of the days that I'm there. I'll be there for a couple of days, so there should be plenty of time for. For us we, to we've got something. those magic mugs that Tillman. I know, us. and I can't wait to use that. Oh, I that. need to go to Tillman. Tillman. <laughs> I know, right? It's already. <laughs> I've already packed it. Nemesis <laughs> magic mugs, which he said would never empty. If we go to Tillman's hotel and there's a microbrewery at his hotel, he said we could just give him these magic glass mugs, which were all engraved. Yep. And they would never empty while we were there. It says it's so, bottomless now. Absolutely. So I, I don't have any time to spend in Berlin after the marathon, so I'm going to have to use my bottomless mug on the lead up to the marathon. <laughs> so is that, how you're is that like how you're going to get your carbs? Yes, yes. Doctor Steph, I found out that that I'm going to miss you in Berlin by one week. By one week. By one oh, week. Dang. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, baby. I miss her already, Brian. <laughs> Go ahead, baby. Well, it's a bet that, that Brian is going to miss Steph there. Um, when are you going to be in uh, Berlin, Brian? The week before, I believe. The, <laughs> I don't know. 13, 14, 15, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I get the dates here. It's, um, Can so I just point out that this is an aviation podcast? Tinder is available for this sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe right, folks. <laughs> uh, Fabian, tell us a little bit about you. You've been doing some flying recently, haven't you? Oh, I've been flying, yes. Um, I'm in my IFR training right now. Uh, oh. Better to say my ATPL training. Uh, we started uh, IFR training Friday a week ago, and I was out four days last week to fly, always around one to two hours flying, and uh, it's progressing quite well. Next week there will be five days of flying. Um, Monday uh, will be some BFR flying, and uh, the other four days will be IFR training again. We fly a Piper 28 Arrow. And we are flying on a Piper 28 cadet. Awesome. So basically, you're doing more flying than all of the other pilots in this room combined. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> We're all jealous. <laughs> you, you keep up the good work for us, okay? We're relying on you to keep, you know, you know the current. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> great what to see you, you, Fabian. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me and have a great time and uh, we'll see you and talk to you later. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Fabian. You know, the, our uh, aviation uh, commu uh, podcast community is just so awesome. I and mean, we have people all around the world that are listening to our <laughs> all of our podcasts and even, you know, locally as well. What's so funny? Uh, David's blinded. 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> blinded by the light. So I guess we can turn off the uh, projector, uh, Carlos. Thank you very much. There we go. All right. So again, David, uh, stay away from the light. <laughs> Come back. Anybody in the uh, audience want to? It's open mic. Uh, you know, we're kind of getting close to the end of this thing. We've been going for a couple hours. Open mic Friday, huh? Open mic uh, Bob. Saturday, yeah. Barbara's, Barbara's got something to say. Yeah, okay. oh, I just wanted to uh, say thank you to Nev and Matt, particularly, for all their hard work. And I know that Matt hasn't been very well. And he overcame his fear of flying, which we all know about. Um, he's been talking about it on the podcast. 
and uh, he managed to get to Pittsburgh. And I was inspired to write, to write a poem just for him. Oh. <laughs> what were you saying, Al, about Tinder? Yes, yes. Currently, I can genuinely recommend podcasts. That seems to work quite well. <laughs> Who needs Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here goes. It was Matt's greatest fear to fly like a bird on high, to reach the clouds and travel the sky. Would he ever get to Pittsburgh was the question we often heard. But you came and fought the fears with a smile to replace the tears. And with thanks to Captain Al, your airline pilot fly, flight fear solutions pal. Matt came, he saw and conquered the skies. And from now on, he just jumps on a plane and flies. But Matt, if you're ever in little doubt that you ain't going, just get a little help from your mate, Owen. <laughs> I, I was sure that was going to rhyme with Boeing. Then. <laughs> I know, I know. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> Thank you. That was very nice. So have, we, have we got any, any, uh, any questions then from, from the uh, audience tonight? Anyone put your hands up if you want to... Uh, Questions or comments? All or comments, yeah. Complaints. Oh. Carlos, Carlos. Yeah. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. Oh, sorry, no, no, no. <laughs> so, it's actually... Um, okay, so question for David. Um, it's always me, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> you, it's always me. So, you mentioned today that there's not much you haven't seen at an air show, particularly a military air show, and you mentioned the Orion. But also, you mentioned the Harrier, seen a Harrier flying, so can you give us a bit more? <laughs> Well, it is kind of amazing that um, I live 90 miles away from it, the only civilian sea harrier in the world. Um, and Art flew, actually flew the show today. It was, um, I unfortunately was in the cockpit of a P-8, so I wasn't, I was watching it from the nose of the cockpit. Um, but there are a lot of things that I haven't seen that I'd like to over time. Um, but it is kind of funny that I'm probably the only person or one of the few people who grew up where who can actually say their father actually ran an air show. Um, I helped. I, I still have the sketch pad. I should send it to Rick of where we where where Dad on graph paper where where they were going to park the 130, the 141, the F 105. I literally I have it on graph paper and he's like, okay, this is the size of the parking. This is the size of the apron. We're going to put the 105 there. We're going to put the 123 there. We're going to put the C7 there. So I have a little more appreciation of what goes beyond the air show. You know, not to mention the trials and tribulations of trying to get the Thunderbirds booked for an air show and the requirements of things like you need 14 vans for all the ground crew and you need a car for every one of the pilots. Um, and they prefer Cadillacs or four doors and um, fully equipped. Um, luckily, if you have a good dealership, they're, they're happy to provide that. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's kind of, it's funny that, and I said to Jen, Jennifer um, spent the day with me. I, I felt really sorry for her, but she did spend the day so with do we. me. Um, and Don't worry, she's spending the night with me. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Yeah, and now the poor woman is as red as Captain Al. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, every time, I've said over time that you go to air shows to see airplanes. I've said this about Oshkosh, but you go back to meet people. You know, this has been awesome in this room. We've got lots of people who all like airplanes. You know, growing up, it was kind of odd. I liked airplanes, you know. Um, I quote the military expert, but I like airplanes. You know, I, we've talked about Oshkosh and the classic airplanes are my favorite section. You know, I like 195s and 190s and Aerocoupes and all of those fantastic aircraft that from the 30s and 40s and 50s. But nothing commercial. Well, I like commercial too. I just, um, I stay away from United. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, commercial, I like airplanes, you know, and I know I have the reputation of being the military expert um, for multiple podcasts, but I like airplanes. But more to the point, over time, I've learned to like people around airplanes. And that's what this room represents, is it's people who like airplanes. But eventually, they like people who like airplanes. And you can look at things like F-22s and go, wow. You know, I, I'm sitting next to my co-host, who I knew was going to be excited by the engines. But I also sat next to, I walked around with a woman whose favorite thing on the flight line was stairs trucks. Um, you know, and, and other people who liked civilian airplanes. And I got excited when I saw four C-130s. Um, all of that combined. So, but we've had dinners. You know, we've we've talked about airplanes, but you end up talking about friends and relationships also. You um, swap beers, you swap stories. When you're freezing, you order pizza because you know everybody will be happy because they're <laughs> sitting out in the cold and in 40 degree weather listening to a podcast. Um, but it was all worth it. it I drove six and a half hours across the state of Pennsylvania to be here. Um, I couldn't think of any place to be this weekend besides being here. It was awesome. Uh, any, any more? <clears throat> ah, here we go. Uh, Rick, um, Captain Bell, yeah. So, I, kind of in the same vein of... <laughs> Kind of in the same vein as these guys. So, what what was the thing that got you started to do the air show? Like, what? And forgive me if this has been answered on a podcast, but um, how did you get started? You know, what made you the guy that got this going? Okay. Gonna Temporary you insanity, like Rick. You can say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. No, no. Sorry. Um. Yes. <laughs> It's not a yes or no answer. Crap. <laughs> family show, family show. I'm saying that for Matt. Is it true that you were the last to the room when the idea came up and they said, the last guy in gets the deal? No, I walked in the room and was like, hey, what's up, guys? What are we doing? Hey, we're having an air show. Oh, that's sweet. You want to do it? Sure. And then here I am. No. Um, so I've been actually involved in the Wings of Pittsburgh Air Show for quite I don't even know where to hold this thing. Do I hold it down here? Um, for a year, a couple of years now. Um, 
Man, I am just like everybody else in this room. I absolutely love airplanes. I love this community. I love people who love airplanes. I This was the reason why I got involved in this. This is the reason why I wear it as I am today. And um, yeah, that's why. Because I wanted to give back. Just like everybody else, I, I wanted to be a part of something that I believed in. I wanted to be a part of something that I thought that, uh, you know, got me through the tough times, that uh, uh, paid the bills, that, um, you know, bought my house and, uh, you know, got me um, married to my beautiful wife. And, um, you know, that's that's it. I mean, really, honestly, things with wings uh, kind of got me where I am today. So I wanted to give back. And um, so to answer your question, I, you know, I started this because I just liked airplanes. And then uh, it slowly kind of just evolved from there. And, uh, you know, somebody somewhere decided that, uh, you know, I was privileged enough that I did a good enough job that I could do this uh, better or not better, but. I could do this and, and pull this off, and now we're all sitting here right now. So, um, yeah, that's why. That work? Yeah, yeah good answer, Rick. Good answer. Anyone I, else? I think that uh, our main man might have something to send us off with. Um, okay. Um, I'm not that close to the mic, Nev. You have enough gains from me? Do I need to get closer? Yeah, closer. Okay. Um, last year in uh, Farnborough, Farnborough, we redo that. Farnborough. 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 Um, I did something that I had never done before. I did a. Hey. a <laughs> Family show. Said we're going to talk about that. I'm, you know, don't want to embarrass Matt any further, but nonetheless, um, I did a live piece. I had an idea in my head, and I did a, a live thing at the end. And um, what was interesting about that is uh, about, um, well, I guess it was about two weeks later. I watched it and found out what I said. Um, so, and I, and I thought it was okay. Uh, and then about uh, six months later, I paid somebody to transcribe it so I could remember what I said again. So I kind of figured that it might be a good idea to do something this time. But I have some notes um, that I'm going to use, and we'll see how it comes out anyway, because I'm not going to go exactly by the notes, because I never do. Um, and if any of you have ever live, watched live radio on stage being performed, you know, when there are notes or scripts or whatever, the person that's on stage, when he's done with that page, just kind of takes it and throws it so we can get to the next page. So don't think I'm throwing stuff away, although I'm not going to want it back. I got it. But there's going to be stuff going over my shoulder as I go on with this. And uh, um, let's see how I get through this, because it says a lot of stuff, as you can probably hear already. So as we usually start these things... This is called Pittsburgh in three, two, one. It was 3.30 in the morning on uh, April 9th of 2017 when I got this idea, actually, and I was exhausted. I had just had a really, really long but an incredibly fun Saturday night, but I had only gotten home about two hours before that, and I showered. Thank God, right? And uh, I felt okay. I was in bed and just kind of catching up on the Twitter channel. A lot of us participate in. And 
And David Abbey was there because he's sometimes awake at two in the morning. He has his first sleep and his second sleep around two, three in the morning. Dave will get up, right, Dave? And, and you know, and he'll be there in the channel. And we were chit-chatting away, talking a bit about Pittsburgh. And it was only five weeks away at that time. And uh, that's when I realized why I was looking forward to it so much. So I was in channel, and I told David how pissed off I was at him. I mean, I was just really frustrated and angry at him because he helped me form this idea, and it was 3.30 in the morning, and as usual, I knew that if I didn't get it down on paper someplace, that, that it was going to disappear. And I thought it was a decent idea. I mean, I didn't write the whole thing, but I thought it was a decent idea. So I got out of bed and went to my computer, and I started writing this. And so all of you know that... Um, that I'm an airplane geek, and I've been an airplane geek all my life. And now that's airplane geek. That's in, in small case, you know, small case airplane geek. And and recently, I'm also really proud and honored to be an airplane geek with capital letters. Thank you, guys. But but let me get back to the small place, uh, small case airplane geek. You see, even though I've, I've been a small case airplane geek since. Well, ever since I can remember, really. I've only attended four air shows in my life, and that counts today. Uh, there was a small air show in, in Athens, Ohio, around 1982, and I got they went there with my dad. He came out from New Jersey, and that's, uh, that's when I got to ride for the first time, well, first time, only time, probably never again, in the right seat of a Ford tri-motor. That was pretty unbelievable. Uh, then there was Pueblo, Colorado. It was an air show sometime around 1986 that I also got to attend with my dad. He flew out from, from New Jersey. I was living in Pueblo. And then you guys know the other two. There was Farnborough. 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 And today, here at Wings Over Pittsburgh. Now, I've been to the old Rhinebeck Aerodrome and also went with my dad. And I saw their flying circus. And, in fact... Um, you probably heard me talk about that at one point on, on Airplane Geeks episode 339, for those of you at home paying attention, and uh, I call that uh, Lose Flight of Fancy. And Max remembers that in particular because there's a pretty funny picture of me on, on the website from that episode. Um, you can go look for yourself. And, uh, and I also visited the static display of uh, the Collings Foundation when they came to Portland. That was over 10 years ago. And... Uh, in fact, actually, I got to tell you about that experience with the Collings Foundation and, and, and how, how I found out about it. You see, it was uh, a really cloudy, incredibly cloudy, really warm and foggy day in Portland. And it was sometime in September. And I was driving down the street that the approach to runway 18 crossed. And I started to hear a roar. I knew it was an airplane. Obviously, I knew it was an airplane. And, I had no idea what it was, but I opened the windows to my car and then slowed down and the roar got louder. Now, at this point, I knew it was the sound of a radial engine. I couldn't identify it. Max would have known what it was right away, but, but, but I couldn't identify it. And uh, I looked up and out of the fog came four right R1820-97 cyclone radios, and those were attached to a Boeing B-17G flying fortress. And with the foggy weather and, and the gray skies, I, I felt like I was in an old black and white movie. 
it, it was probably 12 o'clock high, and, and I expected to see Gregory Peck and Dean Jagger, come, Dean Jagger come show up at any moment, come walking out of the fog. I mean, it was just, just magical. It, it was surreal. It was, it was just unbelievable. And so that night, I called my dad. He was in New Jersey, and I, I told him about seeing that B-17 come out of the fog and make its approach for landing, and I told him about the static display that weekend and how I wished that we could go together. And you should have heard my dad. He had to be 82 years old at the time, something around that. He was as excited as I was, just a little kid, and he really wanted to come along too. But, but you know, he was in New Jersey. He couldn't, he couldn't do that. He was 350 miles away. So the next day I went to see that B-17 and went by myself. And it's by myself because, you know, no one I knew had an interest in going. Remember, I'm an airplane geek, and back then it was still small case. And, you know, I enjoyed the display, and, and I even got a chance to, to get inside that B-17. And as you know, it's, it's one of my very favorite aircrafts, David. Um, but it was really lonely. It was pretty sad, actually. And um, it was sad because I really didn't have anyone to share that feeling of excitement with. It was sad because I had no one who could also see the beauty in, in that old World War II ever bomber. See, up until then, I, I'd only been to two other air shows, and both of them with my dad, the man who, who made me the airplane geek that I am today. And we never talked about it much, he and I. I mean, men seldom do. You know, those, we don't talk about those things, you know, doing those things together, but though it's like, you know, going to air shows and going to museum trips, building modern airplanes, even watching 12 o'clock high together, that's... Um, it's how we said we loved each other. Fathers and sons are just sort of funny that way. Excuse me. This is not crying. This is actually a runny nose. <laughs> the crying will probably come later. But that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about my dad. I'm talking about air shows and today's meetup at, at Wings over Pittsburgh. That's, that's what it's all about now. Do you remember last year in Farnborough? And I hope I got it right that time. But I, last year in Farnborough... I mentioned that a little earlier. I told you a bit about my mom, Harriet, and, and her family. And how through all her life, my mother adopted family. And all the aunts and uncles and cousins I had who I was never really related to. You may remember back then I talked to you about my Kreplak brother. And many of you have met him now. His name's Eric. He's right over there. And, uh, well, back then last July, I talked about how... Um, at Farnborough, it felt like I had met new family and, and, and new old friends. I'm chatting with David Abbey he said, late that night back in April. It dawned on me that, that I was looking forward to Pittsburgh, not because of all the great airplanes and all the flying. I really remembered, actually, what David just said, because he'd said it before. You know, you go to the air show for the first time for the airplanes. You go back for the people. What I was looking forward to here at Pittsburgh today was his family reunion. And even more interesting, some of this family I hadn't even met yet. Like Liz, Jen, Hick, and, you know, Adrian. More, I can't name everybody, but... I mean, sure, I, I love airplanes, I love air shows, and we, we all do, you know? We all love it, and, and of course, I mean, I had a great time watching the Thunderbirds yesterday and, and, and today and, and interviewing the pilots and 
and walking around that F-35 and being aboard that DC-4. And, but as I said, if you can't share that with others, I mean, who see the same beauty, and what many people see is, they don't even really see it. It's lonely. It's depressing. But when you share it with family and friends, people who get it when you say, look at that F-18, it's just gorgeous. You know, how can you describe that to anyone other than to the people here in this room? How can you tell someone that just doesn't get it? You see, it was during that early morning chat that I, I finally understood that this wasn't an air show. It was a family reunion of sorts and a family that I've become closer with over the past year and a family that's grown. I mean, I remember talking about Wings Over Pittsburgh with Captain Jeff, and we were just talking about it in passing. The idea wasn't quite fully formed. It was back uh, when we recorded episode 246 in my kitchen in South Portland. And whoever would have thought that would happen, you know? That, uh, that air airline pilot guy would be in my kitchen in South Portland, and I'd be feeding Jeff minestrone soup that I just made the day before. You know, I, that, unreal. That, that was when I really realized that this was much more than, than a meetup. And um, I think back on, uh, on meeting Captain Rick for the first time. He had an overnight in Portland, and we were at some Mexican restaurant. We talked about this weekend's events, and, and you heard a good part of that conversation because it was included in an interview that, that, that Jeff played on Airline Pilot Guy 262. You heard it, but you didn't see Rick's face. You see it now, and you see how he's all lit up, and I don't mean drunk, he may be that too, but, <laughs> but, but, but he was all lit up. <laughs> and it, 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 yeah, you're right, exactly, and, 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 and Master Sergeant whatever, if you're hearing this, I just made that up, he hasn't had a thing to drink, but, um, but you couldn't see how excited he was to bring us this event, and, and how excited we both were about being able to get together with our friends and, and our aviation podcast family. When I I got a text, Rick and I talked about it, and, and this was just so surreal to me. Uh, I, I think we, there was an email, and I, I called you back at some point, Rick, and you were in a car, and, and you said, Main Man Micah, I'm really talking to you? And I said, yeah, well, but, but it's just an unreal feeling that that happened. Well, it was just a few weeks after you know, I talked to Rick when, when Max and David say they were going to be said they were going to be here, and that's when I knew I'd be visiting with some of my airplane geeks family, and that's airplane geeks in uppercase now. Okay, and I think back of planning for this event, and Nev telling me he was he was coming and and was flying British Air, of course, through Toronto, and then he was going to drive down to Pittsburgh with Liz and pass through Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly, <laughs> step by step. I, I remember talking to Carlos and, and figuring out if he was going to be able to be here or not. And we were searching for airfares together over Skype, searching through Kayak. He's checking this website, and I'm checking that website, and trying to figure out if we can find the cheapest fare. And going through all that and all the craziness that 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 that, that took place doing that, and 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 finally figuring out he was going to be here, and then. I was so disappointed to find out that 
he was really coming. No, I was, <laughs> I was really incredibly disappointed when Matt said he wasn't going to be coming. He wasn't going to be able to make it. And then how elated I was. I mean, just thrilled when he was going to be able to make it and that he was going to be able to work and really work with Al and with Owen and with himself to overcome his fears to get on a plane by himself and cross the Atlantic Ocean, not just on a plane, but also coming to the USA for the very, very first time. And also flying on United. And also flying on United. <laughs> but I was just thrilled. And then it was shortly after that when Brian said, well, if Nev, Carlos, and Matt are going, there's no way I'm going to miss it. And that really made me really happy because you got to remember something that the only air show I ever attended without my dad was with Brian. So attending an air show with Brian is, is really special. Thank you. So I remember Captain Al asking me about the food specialties in Pittsburgh, you know, and, and how I was able to give him all sorts of information and websites because they were all provided to me for my Kreplak brother. And then I got to say that, that even though Eric and I, my Kreplak brother and I, have been friends for almost 30 years, and by the way, I can't believe that I'm old enough to say that I've had a friend for 30 years, but yeah, we both are. And this is our first road trip together. And that was exciting in and of itself because, I, I mean, I'm just really sorry you, you couldn't be in the car with us. We, we were practically hosting our own radio talk show the whole way. And uh, it was kind of like a Seinfeld-style radio talk show because we talked about nothing for seven hours. But, but we did for seven hours. And so it's really been – and you need to start pouring, by the way. It's really been uh, – a year of podcast family. Uh, we started this amazing Twitter chat that never seems to end. It, 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 it started kind of as a way to make a surprise birthday recording for Captain Jeff and just grew and grew and grew and, and even made a logo for it. And lots of things have happened through that chat. Ray Davis motivated me to write a brief eulogy for Gene Cernan. During my niece Hannah had a 12-hour layover in, uh, in Toronto on her way to Brussels for her semester, and lovely Liz offered to show her around that city. I'd never met Liz. Tillman arranged for Hannah to have these beautiful accommodations at his hotel during her visit to Berlin. And just a few weeks ago, she needed emergency surgery for to have a gallbladder removed. And Short messaged me and said, this is my phone number. If she needs anything, you let me know. And by the way, she did fine, and she made it home today. The, finally, I guess, the, the other great part about this meetup is the podcast itself this podcast that's happening right now. There, there are so many people. I mean, some I've just mentioned and some who couldn't be here today. I mean, Pip and Myla, Pip especially, I really missed him. And, well, Fabian we sort of saw and we heard from Matthew Pontyncrane and there's Nelson and, Ma and 
and Phil and Rob Mark isn't here and Max Trescott isn't here and there's just too many to name, but, but they all can be here because in fact, uh, they are here either in the chat room now or, or some of them may be here later listening to this podcast. Not Rob Mark, but right. most yeah. of the others. <laughs> so, you see, I guess what makes us so special and what makes us meet up a family reunion of sorts is not just an, an air show, it's that we're all here together whether we're here physically or not. So, so thanks to you, Captain Rick Bell, for suggesting that we consider having a meetup at Wings Over Pittsburgh. And thanks to you, Captain Jeff, for agreeing <laughs> to putting it all together. And more importantly, Jeff, I'm, I'm not going to embarrass you this year and say that you created this community. You didn't. I will thank you. <laughs> I will thank you, though, for starting the Catholic Pilot and now Airline Pilot Guy podcast and for continuing to put all the work you put into every week and for giving us this aviation podcast community of sorts and this rallying point that's created these special friendships and this new extended family. So for the Airline Pilot Guy and Aviation Podcast community here today in Coriopolis, Pennsylvania, this is your main man, Micah, and I ask you to please join me in a toast to, first of all, my grandfather, Max, who loved Jack Daniels, as you know if you heard that story, and Hillel, you got it first on your show, on the thing, and to my father, who also loved it because he learned it from him, and to my mother, and to all of us here. Here, here. Wow, thank you, Micah. That was uh, touching. Very, uh, very uh, deep. I think it uh, touched a lot of, a lot of uh, emotions in, in many of us here, and we could really identify with so many things that you were talking about. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Micah's really encapsulated I mean, why we do this. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we do these podcasts, but... I think the uh, really the the principal reason is what you talked about, what you what you captured. As long as we can keep doing that, as long as we can keep building the community, expanding the community, facilitating the community coming together, you know, all growing, um, th then you know we just, we just keep doing it. We just keep doing it. That's that's why we do it. Exactly. And to dovetail off of what Max says. We wouldn't be up here doing this if it wasn't for all you guys listening remotely and sitting in this room. You are why we do this. So Brian, Brian, I've just been uh, checking on Twitter <laughs> and uh, I've just been reading through United's latest tweets. And apparently, uh, United have sent a, a direct message uh, about you. It says, uh, Brian Coleman, can't wait to have you back on United as a passenger. Uh, we have a special seat reserved just for you, manufactured by Martin Baker. That's so nice. 
There's customer service right there. But will I get the tie if I sit in that seat and use it? You won't have a parachute, so no, you won't get the tie. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps it up, unless anybody... Has anything else to say? Oh, we have I one believe. objection. One oh, okay. Yeah. Overruled. <laughs> so, Stephen, I just have one question. When are we going to do this again? <laughs> We're not even finished with this one yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but I mean, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I mean, I got up here Wednesday and it was like, man, what am I going to do the whole weekend? And I've done nothing but hang out with everybody, talk, and. Um, I won't comment on how much alcohol has been consumed. <laughs> yeah, that's always something that happens. I can always these... pull the photograph of the back of my truck. <laughs> this is true. This is Stephen, true. Stephen, I, I have a, a little bit of uh, reading for you today because uh, your, your Mooney is a lovely, lovely aeroplane. Uh, but you've got to start reading up on the spruce routes to get it across the Atlantic to Europe. <laughs> that's your challenge. So uh, what um, does that mean? Well, it means first I'm going to have to have an engine overhaul. Because um, yeah, my, my, I'm over uh, 600 hours on the engine, so we'll get that fixed. Then we'll come across the Atlantic, maybe, and uh, we'll put in the external tank that goes on the inside of the cabin, and um, cool. then we can have Nick navigate. <laughs> no, you don't want that. <laughs> Mate, why did they think they, they sent me the Phantoms? It's because I gave me a navigator. I didn't have to do that stuff. Well, so y you can navigate, and. I'll just look at the iPad and tell you where to go. Okay, that's good. <laughs> By the way, everyone, uh, Stephen has got a great new job opportunity coming up. He's having to leave tomorrow. So I just want to wish you very well. Uh, very, you know, good luck with your interview, and I hope everything goes well. I appreciate Absolutely. it, Nick. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, in, in all seri seriousness, I mean, I know it's a long way for a lot of us to come. I mean, you know, I flew three and a half hours. A lot of y'all flew over eight and a half across the Atlantic to come over here. But, um, you know, once a year is not enough. I mean, th th this is th this is really a great time. I mean, oh no, it's, really, it's enough. It's <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah, that's just all I have to say. I'd like to be able to do this more often than not. So yes, yeah, yeah I think my wife would agree because when I sort of uh, <laughs> run this by, she went, "Oh well, great, you're going away for a week again." I went, "No, no, no it's just for a weekend." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can relate to that, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll have to uh, take a look at, uh, seriously, take a look at maybe doing this more often than just once a year, and then also take a look at uh, maybe heading across the pond again for something next year. <laughs> Nothing? Well, it's just a, Oshkosh. There's always Oshkosh. Oshkosh as well, yeah. Yeah, so Captain Jeff, I think this is a challenge to our listeners to come up with the next air show and let, no, we don't let want the to ask them. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, speaking of uh, a new job for uh, Stephen, um, someone else here in our room um, has been uh, looking at some new employment and uh, asked for some good karma from the aviation community, the APG community. So yes, Yeah, thank you. Um, so a perfect example of what Micah was saying and what Max was confirming about the family was I had gotten a gut punch from a work situation that really had me looking at what I was going to do next. And I, it was a situation I couldn't really discuss openly for lots of different reasons, but I knew that I could go to the chat on Twitter and 
like seek advice or whatever. And I said, you know what I really need right now is I really need some good karma. And I had some opportunities, and I was hoping to get a particular job. It wasn't necessarily the best solution, but it was all in aviation, because I said to myself, I really need to get out of what I'm doing, and I really need to get into aviation, because I can't shut up about it. <laughs> and so, and I, this is ironic, because I'm an aerospace engineer. So it's, I ended up getting out of aviation for a long time, and, and, um, and so I was looking to get back in, but not in the same way. I really needed to be much more functional, much more operational. So I went to the chat room and said, hey, guys, I could really use some good karma. And that's really the only place I went. I didn't talk to a lot of family. I didn't talk to a lot of friends. I said, um, I'm going to, go make, going to my aviation BFFs, and I'm going to ask them for aviation karma, because that's what I wanted to get into. And um, in the process of pursuing one of the opportunities that had presented itself to me, I was introduced to a completely different opportunity and as a result it's a little still a little still unofficial because we're it's a venture-backed organization and we haven't actually gotten the money yet but as soon as and so things are still under wraps but effectively while i can't discuss too much about it i landed the cto cio position of a venture-backed startup in the get this david precision agriculture yeah. Hey! <laughs> Go so, Jones! Yes, so I will be creating the product that provides the service to collect uh, sensors, sensor-based data from UAVs and uh, delivering it back to farmers as solutions. Um, major putting the world back together again without all the nonsense that we've been killing the planet with, only now doing it with the technology that we have available. And they couldn't find somebody. They've been searching for a couple of years. And they're like, wait a minute, dude, you've got project management, you've got aviation, you've got the technology, you've been coaching companies, you've been doing this. It was like the perfect fit at the perfect time within days of asking for the karma. So that's, um, so within about exactly a month from tomorrow, we should be coming back from Silicon Valley with a very big check. So, thank you everybody for all of your karma. And I, this is, this is, I really do give the credit for the, Good thoughts to everybody. So thank you that, and thanks, Rick, for inviting us. And Hillel, did the, uh, the political correctness advice that I gave you for the interview, did that work okay? That was great, yes. They, they totally didn't come back for more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've been going for quite a while, and I think uh, everybody's ready, I think, to... Uh, Dinner. Beer. Yeah, so... But hey, IPA. don't everybody um, leave. Uh, we're going we're gonna to stop the official podcast here, a special podcast, but we have something special uh, that we're going to do right at thereafter. And so, again, don't go anywhere, okay? So, um, yeah, because there's an exit fee, folks. <laughs> you know, I have to tell Rick something that, you know, we've talked about things that I didn't ever, ever have ever heard on an air show or seen at an air show. Today was the first time ever I got told by a security guard, if you don't have a military ID, you can't get off base. <laughs> so I showed him my medium creds and he goes, oh, you're David Vanderhoof, you're excused. <laughs> Hotel California. Anything else? No. No? Okay. Well, with that, unless somebody has any further objections, we're going to go ahead and end this. It's been great. Thanks to everybody who, who's, who came and spent lots of money to get here for a short period of time to just spend some crazy time with Aviation Geeks. I mean, you guys are awesome. Thank you for coming.
Wish you good clear skies and limited visibility and tailwinds. Take care and God bless. <laughs> Fly safely. Come on, everybody say something. Oh, That's a wrap. Stick up for it. I won the nugget competition. <laughs> Woo! Thanks for listening. Can I go home now? And thanks no. everybody out there uh, watching us live and participating in the chat room. You guys are awesome. Good day. W-A-P-G Airline Pilot Guy